I am your father. This is a Brandon Colby Jacobs from Facebook exclusive. And you'll see why 1984 won't be like 1984. Touche, my nigga. Touche. Yo, what it do, what it is, man. It's your boy, Brandon Kobe Jacobs, and you are listening to the Established 1984 podcast, man. And the person that I have on the podcast today, man, is, is somebody who um, I honestly have known probably a, a, a large portion of my life in some capacity or another and i'm sure we'll talk about some of that um you know he's a huge influencer in in the jacksonville music scene and really in the south in general i think a lot of times uh we have a lot of people who tend to be influencers in uh in hip-hop history that don't get their opportunity to really tell their story uh, talk about the impact that they've made on the culture and things like that and, I, and I'm really looking forward to talking to this man and kind of getting his point of view, his impact on the culture, and just how he views music and hip-hop in general today. I have uh, somebody who probably is instrumental in my career taking off in Jacksonville in the first place by giving me one of the first opportunities and shining a light on me. So, on the podcast today, I have DJ Big Bodie. Bodie, how are you? Hey, what's going on, man? I'm all right. <laughs> Kidding, like always. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm looking forward to talking to you, man, because everybody always says Bodie's going to keep it blood raw, and I I know that that's going to be the case, but it's just, you know, it's good to finally get a chance to sit down and talk with you. There's people like you and, um, you know, uh, one of my other mentors, Rody Rowe, who I haven't seen in many years that I, you know, I look forward to getting a chance to sit down and talk with guys like you and catch up with you, you know? Yeah, I, I just see, I saw Rody about two months ago, I think. Okay, well, it was about two months ago. I was ready, ready to turn back to landing. <laughs> man, when we get off the podcast today, man, uh, I'm definitely going to have to get with you to get his number and everything like that. So I'm I'm really right. looking forward to this because I've been, I've been trying to catch up with him probably about six, seven years now. I haven't been able to catch yeah. up with him. So yeah. I'm looking forward to it, man. <laughs> so, yeah, he kind of, he he kind of, now for a little bit too. Which is like that. You, you get kind of, at, at one point, you're just going so hard to you just want to you don't ha- you don't have a break, mm-hmm. so you got to sit down sometime and just get your get your life together. You know, not saying that he was uh, in shambles or whatever, but you just want to step back and do some things that you can't do sometimes. So, I, like I said, when, he, when I ran into him, it was just we was like on the same thing, just trying to stay away from everybody and trying to just you know enjoy a peaceful night, and that's exactly what it was. So I kind of understood understood where he was coming from. Yeah, so, but he's still out. He's still out. Of, he, he, he out about now. Oh, Don't think he's not. He out about. <laughs> he always out about doing. He always doing something now. All right, we so, we we'll, we'll have to talk yeah. about that because I want to I want to focus on you because I got to get him on the podcast too. But we'll right. talk about that once we get offline. Now, we we, right. we tend to start every podcast uh, with folks that are from Jacksonville and are Jacksonville natives to talking about what side they're from. Can you tell me what side you're right. from and what it was like for you growing up in Jacksonville? Uh, well, I'm off 45th and Avenue B. Okay. Um, but, well, my family grew up, well, that's where I was raised at mm-hmm. as far as my my home base. But uh, my grandmother's, one was in Sherwood and the other one was on the other end of 45th, mm-hmm. right across the street from Hilltop. Okay. So I grew up in both areas pretty much, you know, just my entire life. So I knew everybody from everywhere. Right. Um, at my time growing up, uh, it was. We, I, I I used to think it was a, ball, a good time. We had a great time. 
until like uh like about 86 87 mm-hmm. when 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 crack came to Jacksonville and that's when it went kind of crazy mm-hmm. stuff really just it flipped out because I grew up in a in a time to whereas you would hear about on the songs and sometimes in some stories where guys would get off work five o'clock go home to their wives eat dinner give us some money and won't get home till Sunday when it's time to go back to work and that was literally in the time when I grew up literally that's the time I grew up in you know everybody knew Avenue B was a hot spot at that time right. that was like the that was the juke joint area mm-hmm. that, well, that was one of them so I, and I tell you that's how I learned how to drive drive cars we used to jump the gate over at Carter G. Wilson and go steal a car from the Silver Star <laughs> <laughs> and, ride, and ride around, take turns driving or whatever. Well, we always put the car back now. We, know we, we, put it, we always put the car back because we had to go back to class. Right. So it was like we was on lunch or going or whatever, or, uh, or island uh, playtime. Uh, we'd jump the gate, go over there, get us one of them cars and ride around the neighborhood mm-hmm. and bring it right back and jump the gate and go back to school. You know, the thing about it was you always had to be in school. Right. You, you can't be caught. You can't be caught outside of school during school time, because somebody was going to tear your ass up, <laughs> and then they was going to tell your parents because we was all everybody knew everybody. Right. Everybody knew everybody then. If you know, so it was like a no. You could just ride around. Ain't nobody gonna say nothing. Like nowadays, they gonna turn their head. Mm-hmm. No, nah, nigga, you gonna get your ass <laughs> tore up. And then when school go out, I'm gonna make sure I stop because you know your mom had to be to work. Right. So after school. I'm going to go by your mama's house and tell them exactly where you was, and they will tear your ass up again. <laughs> so, you know, that, that was, that was you know, basically my time of coming up. You know, I went to Northwestern, mm-hmm. where it was pretty much, that was pretty much when I got started. Matter of fact, when I was in the seventh grade, when I first started DJing. Oh, okay. Um, but, but when I say first started DJing, it's nothing like these guys now, but I, I go get their laptop and, and, uh, and, and and then and I download everything DJ. of the world. <laughs> uh, and then, but see, I don't even call them DJs. I call them media players. Right. Because that's what you play from your media, your playlist. Right. That's what you have. So you're not you're not DJing anything. Mm-hmm. So I, I, don't, I don't refer to them as DJs at all. <laughs> um, and, then, and then when I say started, even when I started, I, I was interning. And because my my intern thing was you got to learn how to work all the equipment first. Right. If something breaks, you have to know how to fix it. Carry crates. Um, <laughs> carry, yeah, it was carrying crates, carrying wires, yeah. carrying everything. Mm-hmm. Because, see, when I first started, my, I, and I will tell you this, uh, T. Blind, his daddy, Pressure Cook, was one of the main ones that took me under his wing. Wow. Um, and this was... This was back when the FM station was around the corner on 33rd, which was WZAZ. That was the first black station we had. Well, the first black station we had was WEDR in Jacksonville. Right. And um, and then it was WZAZ. Okay. Uh, and that's when I, and that's when Come Together Day used to be on Myrtle Avenue. Right. This is was, this, and, was it uh, called Come Together Day then? I don't think it was, was it? It was it was it was called something else and, and I and I can't remember my, my mom was telling me about it before but I couldn't remember. Mm-hmm. Well, it switched over to Come Together Day probably about toward the end of the eighties. Mm-hmm. But it had been going on for years. Right. For years and it weren't it wasn't like all these groups came around or whatever. But the thing about it is Jacksonville always had groups to come to town. Because Jacksonville was a main hub from back during the rich days. Mm-hmm. Because the rich was like the rich was like the spot. Right. It was the rich 
and then the Apollo. That was the spot for that was the black hub for black act. I mean, black artists. I remember you. I remember that so, because there was a there was a hotel that was over by the uh, where FSCJ is now downtown. That hotel mm-hmm, that they tore right. down. That was the one that all the black folks right, used to go to. I can't remember the name. It, it, it was it was called it was in the end of it was called the hospital. The end of the name was Hospitality Inn. Okay. But it was something before that. Uh, it was, you know, hotels changed, but right. that was one of the main spots. Right. And that whole area over by the Reese Theater was uptown. Mm-hmm. Yep. That whole, and it was like, that was the party spot for black people back then. This goes back to the, That's whole, everybody, the whole dynamic of, of even the sides of town. Like Jacksonville has like a weird way that we perceive right. north, south, east, and west. Like, it's kind of hard for, because even like, I, like talking to certain people, like, you know, you might say that you're from one side of town, but if you talk to somebody who grew up in that area, you know, 10, 15 years right. prior to you, it, it might be looked at as the North and not really the East side, or it might be looked at as downtown. And it's true. <laughs> so I, I've noticed that growing up too. Like, you know, I tell people that my dad is from Blodgickson and they say that's one side of town. And then other people might say it's another side of town. So it's been completely crazy. I do have to ask you because of when you said right. you grew up. Did you grow up before, or after Henry Mann kind of ransacked the city? Uh, well, that was kind of during his time. Okay, okay. And and it was it was it was, it was rap in that era. And let me just say ransack ransack meaning like he was running the city, not like. Before anybody who knows, yeah, he was one. Of, he, he was he was one of the big. He was one of the big guys, but you know, there's always there's always somebody bigger. Right. He was one of the ones that was just well known. Right. Because the one thing I tell people all the time is that when you, when you when you're I put this way during the presidential inauguration, you always know the people in the first row, mm-hmm. but the people with the real power are the ones in the second and third and fourth row. Right. Right. It's always a face to everything, but the one who's running the scene is the one who you would never know. Right. So it's always that one guy that they put out there that's, you know, yeah, he this and he that, but guess what? That guy that's behind him, that's the one who you don't want to be fucked up with. <laughs> that, that's the one. No, and that's why I tell you, I tell you, and, and I mean, that, and that's always the truth. Mm-hmm. Now, I have You know, to because you, you... Go ahead. Huh? I'm no, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I, no, I, no, I was going to say because it's like you knew him and then you had Milkman, you had the LeCounts, and then you had, you, had, you had the Florida Boys. You had so many different guys that were doing things at that time. But you know what? And, and I want to say this too. That, that's one of the things about like now and then that was, that was uh, that's kind of crazy. Because back then, even, even though we were out in the streets doing our thing, it was three things. Go your ass to school, get your ass an education, and get the hell away from here. Right. Now, it's who cares about school, do as many drugs as you want, and live in a, live in a trap house. Mm-hmm. Who the hell does that? That's the dumbest shit in the world to do. Oh, no, I, I completely agree with you because, you know, like I, I was saying just a minute ago, my dad grew up in Blodgett. Um, I don't right. even know if you would remember this because he's significantly older than you. But before we had the gangs mm-hmm. that we had, we had the Boomerang Gang. And my dad right, ran yeah. with them. Mm-hmm. My dad ran with them. Right. Let's go bowling and, and this, <clears throat> this is going right. way back. And yeah, yeah, that's, 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 that's about that's 60s, 70s. That's yeah. when that was. <laughs> They sent him That's to not, school. I know, I, know, I, I know because I, I knew some of the guys. Right. I knew some of them. They sent him to school. My dad went to fam. They were right. like, nah, we're not finna have you be around all this. You need to go right. to school. Exactly so, right. You know, that was the main thing. You got to, no matter what, 
Because even even when we was out on the street, we had a certain time. But the only way we can this is this is the thing about it. you go home from school, go home, change your clothes, mm-hmm. do everything you're supposed to do, then come back out. Right. When you came back out, you had a certain time to be out. Okay, you do what you go do. After that, you carry your ass back home. Right. And that's exactly how it worked every day. Now, if you were in some kind of sport, uh, after school activity, there's no way they're going to have you out on the streets. Right. Now, if it was something to where on the weekend when you had a little time, which we all did on the weekend, you know, Saturday, even on Sunday, after church, no. Mm-hmm. You, you don't even want you out there after church because you're not, you're not going to disrespect God like that. You're going to do what you're going to do maybe on Saturday, just get you a little change because you, you still had single mothers at times. So if it was a way you can go and do something and they knew you were trying to help your mom out, mm-hmm. okay. They gonna let you do that then. Other than that, it was more so. Hey man, we finna get our ass out, get away from here. Right. Yeah, and that's why I tell people now they wanna do all these reunions. What the fuck you wanna go back to that dirty shit for? It's dirty. <laughs> you do a reunion in a dirty ass area where it stank around here, and y'all come out here and make it even worse. Right. You don't. If you go do a reunion, you have to clean that shit up, fix up them abandoned houses, call the exterior to get them rats and shit from out there, make it look better. Pony, we can, we, like, can, like we, can, we can get to uh, we we can me and you could probably sit here and talk about this forever. I gotta get to some. Oh yeah, I can talk about. Oh, I, I'm sorry, bro. I, because I because you know I see the, because I see because the thing because because you know I say that because I see more and more cities doing it now. No, I feel you. And, that, and that's the thing because I see them I see them doing it over in Tallahassee. I see them doing it up in in Georgia. I see them doing it in Central Florida, and I, I, and it's like why? Right. I totally agree with you. And that's, that's content that I think that, that the listeners really appreciate if they don't know anything about Jacksonville or if they don't know what the scene is like. That gives that gives perspective to what the environment is like. So that's critical information. Now, right. I do have to ask you, um, obviously, we, we, we kind of got off on a tangent, but we did end up talking about music. You talked about how... Obviously, music was present in your life from an early stage because you started right. DJing when you were like in seventh grade. Like, what were right. you listening to coming up? Because I mean, I talked to Thrill and he talked about kind of like what the music scene was like, but there really wasn't like a hip hop scene per se in Jacksonville. So, what were you listening to back then? Well, at that time, it wasn't a hip hop scene nowhere. Period. Mm-hmm. Unless you was living in New York, right? I mean, that was the, that was the hip hop scene everywhere else. You was mainly just catching it because. There was no hip hop really on the radio. Mm-hmm. We, like I said, we came for the time that when you, when you finally got um, African Bound Bottle and you, and you started getting the Curtis Blows and the Dougie Fresh and DMCs, it was like that was they were like four or five. Not gonna say that they were probably about two three years old then mm-hmm. after they had been released. Right. You know the Sugar Hill Games and stuff like that because we were still we were still Commodores. Uh, James Brown. It was still a lot of that. Right. So when you got a lot of the, the, the rap, the hip hop music, it was like late. Right. right. It was like late at night. It was it was like after eight o'clock and, and on four. Okay. But uh, once it did, once it started coming out strong, it kind of it, it kind of took over, mm-hmm. and it was still they were still trying to hold it back. Because you know, at that time we were young, and you still you had to, the old. You know how old people are. It's always that generation before you be like, "What the hell is this garbage?" Mm-hmm. Right. You know that's not music. It's always and it's always like that. Right. Always. It's always. But now, but now when 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 uh, James Brown and uh, uh, Inner James when they was rapping, 
it was okay then because they have rap. They was rapping. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of blues musicians that were rapping, was, but they just didn't call it that. Right, the Lost Poets. My dad, my dad said he used to listen to their albums all the time, and how all the time, and, they, and they're out there. I mean, and they were. I'm talking about going hard, and and the one thing a lot, one of the Lost Poets people don't know was, uh, and I can't say her name, but Esther from Fred Sanford. Oh, okay. She used to she used to rap. I mean, but she was so she was so vulgar because he they, and that's what the thing about her being a church lady portrayed as a church lady on on TV. Mm-hmm. It kind of mixed everybody up because how nasty she was. <laughs> I mean, when they when they when they talk about Luke and Two Live Crew, Esther would kill them mm-hmm. because it's different coming from a woman mouth than a man mouth. Right. You know what I'm saying? So the stuff that Trina say. Yeah, exactly. But Esther about. was like Esther made Esther made Trina like the. Like what her name is, uh, Mother Teresa. Oh <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, but uh, but then that time back back then it was uh, when it when when the, the, when hip hop really kind of got on the scene here. That's when the little hip hop clubs start popping up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was still it was being played, but because it wasn't that much music to play in there. Mm-hmm. It kind of it was just it was like a like a dib dab you know like a like like and I can't even say reggae because when reggae hit reggae just took over Jacksonville right. but it was kind of like a, I can't even say what it was it was just it was because at that time it was still new hip hop was like the newest form of music that shoot I think we've had in about the last sixty seventy years everything else has been around right. You so can. there's except unless you unless you talking about that EDM and all that foolishness, but you know, and that's not even that's not even that's that's house music. Right. So it's like hip hop is the the newest form of music probably in the last hundred years probably. Right. So because I can't think of anything else that has come out and this really has that much of an impact. Right. I but can. here, but here, it it was it was slow to develop, but once it developed. That was it was off and running because, like I said, you was you went from having uh, maybe five or six hip hop songs that you would play a night to going in and running a whole set, right? Right. You know, and you had you had people that weren't really trying to be groups, but when they started seeing the the crush grooves and the break ins and uh, and because we didn't have videos. You know what I'm saying? So it was, you couldn't go by the video, but once you had the Word Up magazine, the, the Right On magazine, and stuff like that, right. you start seeing the dress, and everybody started doing that. Right. When you start having the MCM sweatsuits and the the troop and the, and the, uh, um, the, the beach British Knights and stuff, yeah, all that. Adidas was just that was that was just horrible. <laughs> when Adidas stepped out, that was don't see until Adidas was. I still got me a brand new pair. That's if you if you if you if you're a DJ, you have to have a pair of share to Adidas, brand new. Right. If, you, if you don't have a if you don't have a spare share to Adidas, you're not a DJ because that's part that's part of it. That's part. If you don't, you just have to kill yourself and just forget it. You know. I mean, that's just that's just how it goes. Right. I mean, I mean, that's just part of it. I mean, because it was like either you was going to be, and then it was three things. You was gonna be the rapper, you was gonna be the beatbox, or you was gonna be the dude that carried the radio. Right. <laughs> and and that and that was it. It was one of the three. Right. And it was one. I remember at, we was at Northwestern. There was this hallway, 
they used to go in, and it was a, a huge echo. Mm-hmm. But we used to beatbox in the corner. And that's where we used to have a little rap battle that right by the uh, right by the woodshop classroom. Mm-hmm. Man, we used to get in so much trouble in that hallway because mm-hmm. there'd be people jammed, packed in there. We ended up beatboxing and rapping. And all. Man, we used to have a ball, man. Because <laughs> it, it was new and most people were like, okay, well, he can rap. Okay, okay, okay. That's how I go. Right. And, and it was... Uh, it was it was a trip because one of the um, and the thing about this at that time it was a group called News for You. Now these were the guys that were supposed to be the Jacksonville version of New Edition, and they were pretty good. Right. They, I mean, they they were pretty they were pretty good. Uh, uh, they had their little citywide notoriety. They used to be on the little uh, come together days. They just do a little different. Little, like Martin Luther King parade stuff like that, doing the little shows or whatever, mm-hmm. and then <laughs> that was like our first, uh, one of the first R&B groups that had a little buzz in Jacksonville. Okay, you know, so because that, that was the first one before we had a hip hop group, it was R&B. Right, you know, because we had too many, we had a lot of R&B artists come from Jacksonville that people don't even know from Jacksonville. Right, so you basically you know, what you're saying and, is, is that like. Back at that at that point, essentially, most of what you guys were listening to was R and B with a little bit of hip hop yeah. that that you were. Yeah, to and it was. it was it was it, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was probably uh, it was a uh, yeah. It was, it was very heavy, mm-hmm. very heavy. So, like I said, it just was because it wasn't that much. We had to wait for it to filter down. There was no internet. There was no this, no that. So, um, the radio stations had a strict playlist at that time. Right. You know, they couldn't really. They couldn't really go off how they wanted to, so they even had to play as far as the top forty R and B stuff. Mm-hmm. There was no, there was no B side anything. Right, you couldn't do that at all. Yeah, except for maybe like two o'clock in the morning or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and you know none of us was up at two o'clock in the morning. The TV went on two o'clock in the morning that time. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> no, Odie, I, know, so I, I know you're not on social on social media much. Like that, that's not really all. That's never really been your thing. But I do know that you graduated from Reball, and I know you kind of yeah. grew up in the '80s. Uh, can you walk me through right. what things were? Well, I guess we kind of talked about what things were like in the '80s in Jacksonville. But what was it kind of like for you right. as a teenager? Was it just literally kind of like you know jumping those fences, stealing cars, and beatboxing and things like that, or is there anything unique to well, that period of time for you? Well, in, in that time, uh, like I said, because I was getting more. Because the thing about it is, there was this thing uh, that a lot of people don't know. And my uncle was a promoter that and he was like one of the ones who really started me out also as far as his name is Carl James. Okay. And uh he was a promoter in Atlanta. Okay. Now he used to have a he used to have a um one of the first music conventions was called uh uh Jack the Rapper. Oh, I remember that. And and uh, Jack the Rapper was one of the a huge, huge thing that it was downtown in Omni Hotel in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And um I'm gonna tell you something that really grabbed me that that I that really just when I say threw me for a loop uh, at this convention. Everybody that was anybody in the black music world was in this area. Uh, I was fortunate enough to one day, well, at one event I was in it, and uh, they had like the Jacksons in there, Lionel Richie was in there, uh, uh, uh uh, barcades. I mean, all like the, it was like this was, a, and they were here to hear this lady sing. Um, when she got out there and started singing, then t- you know, because when you're in a in a music convention like that, people are always talking, 
because they're always trying to make deals and network this and that. Mm-hmm. When this lady starts singing, everybody shut up. When I say everybody shut up, her voice took over the room. It was like one of the, they say like her fourth time on stage, Whitney Houston turned the place <laughs> out. When I tell you, I know that for, that's I'm talking about, when, when I tell you literally her voice, and even now think about it, I have chill bumps because her voice was just that strong. Mm-hmm. No one moved. No one. I had never felt anything like that in my life. Mm-hmm. When I seen that, I was like, oh yeah, I got to do this. I said, I've got to be involved in this. Because that was something that, I mean, when I say raw, because see, like now, they can do all kind of effects and this and that on the microphone to make them sound like they're a million bucks. Not back then. <laughs> it was it was lows, mids, and highs. <laughs> it wasn't no cordless mic. It wasn't no, no it wasn't no all to your voice. No it was straight you. <laughs> no auto nothing. When I, I'm telling you, when that lady started singing, I could not believe it. I mean, literally, no one, it was like everybody was holding their breath. I was like, yeah, I got, and I, that was, that was something I would never forget. Never. Because I had never heard anything, and I still haven't heard anything like that. Okay. That was one, that was something that just took over. Now, I gotta ask you, because I, Uh I, um, obviously for most people who are probably going to listen to this podcast, they're going to remember you being tied to the cool runnish crew, but is there something, is there a break that you have as a DJ? Because obviously you graduate from Reball. Uh, when do, when do you start getting your first breaks as a DJ? Is it when you meet with bigger and you guys start doing the cool runners thing? Cause I don't even know. how No, no, no. What what was it before that? No, what the, they they came to me because they couldn't get a night because I had all the nights locked down. Okay, so okay, so let, before we get to before we do cool runners, talk me through what happens mm-hmm. after you graduate from high school and like how you start making the strides, you know, to move into the industry <laughs> and be a DJ. Walk me through that. <laughs> oh, because you know everybody, everybody okay. who listens to the podcast is going to want to talk about the runners because that's. That's what most of the right. young folks are going to be familiar with, but we want to chronicle right. history, and if there's a history before that, we want to hit it. So, what? Oh, what's, it is. What's taking well, place before the run-ins? Before I did that, uh, you know, got out, tried college, had too much fun, so <laughs> college was in it. Right. Um, and then uh, now this, and I, I really never talk about this too tough. Before I started doing, uh, well, I was always DJ. Before I really got heavy into it, mm-hmm. I used to be a dancer. Okay. And I, and I, I mean, like a, like you know, before the no good is so good, and whoever the twenty four care, that was it was me and one of my partners. Mm-hmm. And I ain't gonna say his name now because he a preacher now, so I ain't gonna put him out there like that. <laughs> <laughs> but well, we were we were one. I mean, like we were like a, a dance group. I used to dance with. The disco Rick, I danced with Luke, I've danced with Splatter, I've danced with everybody. And that was one of my things that really got me um, out there. And that's when I met Uncle Al. Uh, I met Uncle Al and I met Magic Mike was another one that kind of influenced me a lot. I mean, everybody's going to know Magic Mike, but Uncle Al, can you kind of tell everybody who Uncle Al is? Uncle Al was, Sugar Hill DJ is one of the rawest Oh my God! And I say bass music. 
because bass music was the see at one time bass music when hip hop just flopped out hip hop had flopped out mm-hmm. and that was that was right after that was oh goodness that was kind of uh oh goodness let's see that was right after Run DMC and kind of before Big and Tupac there was a space of about five or seven years. Because if you think about it, that's when Luke was going through everything. You had 69 boys and 95 South, and they was running for a while. Mm-hmm. Everything was like bass music, bass music, bass music. And then uh, Jermaine Dupree came with this bullshit called Ghost Style DJs and fucked everything up. <laughs> that's, what, that's, what, that's what killed bass music. Atlanta kills everything because Atlanta killed bass music. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what happened. When they came out with all that gay shit they'd be doing up there, that's what messed it up. But that was during the time when when I was back. That's back then. I was like I said, I was dancing or whatever. And once we started a little rap group, and then it was uh, me and my partner, and then we met Doom, mm-hmm. and we had a little rap group and did our little thing and traveled around a little bit and sold a couple of albums. But it wasn't that. Just wasn't for us. Right. So the DJ thing was always there. Uh, matter of fact, back. As a matter of fact, back at that time, that's when I met Van. Because Van was a rapper then. When I first Van, met Van, Van was over working at Big Al's record shop. And he yeah. was trying to get on. That, and that, that's, and I, that's, that's the information I had gotten about him. Because I interviewed him a couple yeah, that's, ago. Yeah, yeah that, that's when I met him. And he had a song. And I and I made to ask him about this song. He had a he had a nice-ass song with a... And I, I, and I know if you ever hear this, he go trip out. Because I remember when he first, when I first walked in, he was like, hey, man, I know you DJ this and that. He said, I want you to hear this song. And it was over Bill Willis, just the two of us. Mm-hmm. And I, had, I, I, for years, I forgot to ask him about that song, and I literally just thought about that. But um, like I said, at the time, we, I had started DJing, and uh, a friend of mine introduced me to a guy called named Lucky C. Okay. And Lucky C was, like, Lucky C was the DJ. He was a, a jazz cool DJ that was... All world had to be with everybody. Mm-hmm. I'm talking back all uh, from Morris Day, Keith Sweat, uh, 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 Cameo, uh, Roger Troutman. He had them be with all of them, mm-hmm. you know, because that was Jasco thing. Jasco was always the front runner of everything that was going on in Jacksonville because that was the marquee club. Whether well, that was the second marquee club, the first marquee club was the Big Apple. Nothing can beat the Big Apple. That would that club had everybody coming from. South Carolina from Miami up just to go to the Big Apple. Yeah, the Big Apple was late. Um, I remember that. I remember people yeah, talking about that. that. I, I wasn't around for it, but I remember. I remember it being talked about. <laughs> so yeah, I had. Um, I got with Lucky. And he was like, you know, he um, he invited me up to the club one day because they used to practice. See, a lot of these don't practice now. Mm-hmm. Used to practice. So he he, he was like um, he knew me from being out with Pressure Cooker and all them guys there. And um, so he was like, well, come on, let me see what you got going on or whatever. So the first thing he did was before I touched any record, he asked me about certain things in the DJ booth. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't no just come on, jump up here and tear up my needles because then you got needles. Right. And needles cost. Right. You know, so after I went through a couple of things with him or whatever, he was like, okay, well, let me see what you got. And be, with me being with my uncle, his thing was learn how to mix which is beat match. Mm-hmm. And beat beat match at the time was very difficult because yeah, everybody was system, playing live. You didn't have a system where you no, it, had BPMs and stuff like that, yeah. 
we had, you didn't have that, but the thing about it was everybody was playing live instruments. Mm-hmm. And live instruments, the tempo always changes. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing about it. So once you can make those match, anytime, any, and this for anybody who want to be a DJ, use older music with live instruments. If you can beat match those, you can beat match anything. Mm-hmm. Anything. <clears throat> you can put country to pop. You can put hip hop to rock. You can mix, you can mix anything. But um, after that, me and him, he was like, okay, well, I want you to start coming up or whatever so you can practice more. And I went and started practicing more and practicing more. And because, uh, see, at that time, it wasn't a million DJs, right. especially at my age. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just, it was me, uh, Chili, Amp Linton. Amp Linton was the one who was pretty much, he was kind of older. So he, he knew, he had been out a little longer. Mm-hmm. And people, he was, he was already doing skate city. Oh, okay. Now who I can't think I can't remember who was in there with Amp. I think it was uh, I think it was AJ. I think AJ was in there with Amp. But um, and, and we didn't have that many spots because everything was concentrated on the north side. There was no clubs out out west, and there were no clubs on the south side. Black people still weren't even really going on the south side like that. Period. Mm-hmm. If it was if you weren't on the east side, you was right over here on the north side. Right. Well, that's, I mean, that's, that's where, and that's, that's where they were. Still had the, I mean, we had the tolls what until the early '90s, so that kept a lot of black people yeah, the, really good. Yeah, like yeah, the tolls was over there. But see, the thing about it was, it wasn't that; it was just nothing over there. Mm-hmm. There was no Regency Mall. It wasn't, and all the clubs that over there was white. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything, everything you need. That's why Gateway was there. When we had Gateway, we needed nothing else. Right. You know, that's that's why. I mean, everything was cool then. Mm-hmm. Everything was over here on this side of town. Right. Um. But like I said, we um, I got in there with them when they were started doing that, and and when people started seeing me in there, it, you know what? Well, well, see, you can come out here and do this party for me, do this party for me, and you know I get the little equipment and I go out there. And at that time, it wasn't no like I said, you you don't have four or five DJs. When you DJ, you DJing, mm-hmm. and you playing the entire time, mm-hmm. you know. So I started doing that and building up my reputation, and. I started getting asked to do different, actually more and more uh, bigger events. Right. And after a while, I started becoming the warm-up man. And then we had a partner that had been going back and forth to Lake City and doing, he was like Lucky Travel Man. Mm-hmm. Lucky would do the stuff here, and if it was something like big, a concert or whatever, he'll go do that. Mm-hmm. But he had a dude, DJ Red, um, that would do all this other little stuff. And Red started taking me around with him, and so that way I can go and do other stuff. So that way I was going to Green Cove, Lake City, Gainesville. I was doing all these clubs, and this was this was still like this was like ninety. Mm-hmm. This was really like eighty nine, ninety. And I'm and and this as a matter of fact, I'm still in in high school then. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm at Reball at this time. Right. So I'm doing that, and um, they opened up this club <laughs> called Graffitis, and uh, Graffitis was over in Sherwood. And it was like, when I say graffiti's hit, and graffiti's was the thing, mm-hmm. but it, only, it didn't stay open long. But it was like one of the, it was like one of the, it's, it's kind of, uh, if you stay in Jacksonville and people have been in the club vibe, it puts you in the mindset of vibe. Okay, okay. It was, it was built, it was built just like that. Okay. And um, a dude got killed over there, and, and I'm gonna tell you, and this is how you know how long ago it was. Uh, the dude got killed because of Patrick Ewing's. They tried to steal his shoes. Oh, wow. That was when Patrick Ewing first came out, and he tried to steal his shoes. So and and that's what shut the club down. 
That's funny how something something like that is always the shenanigans that ends up in yep. our clubs here in, in the Jacksonville yep. area. That, and that's and that's what shut that club down. But um, at that time, uh, like I said, I, it was I had so much. Just I was my name was going around so fast because of how I was playing my music, mm-hmm. and it was not it was not all the R and B stuff. It was more the, the hip hop because I had resources mm-hmm. because the people who I would be around in the summertime being with my uncle. Mm-hmm. So I was getting down with everybody. So they would send me vinyl or they sit to him and he'd give it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, at that point I was, I was in like from jazz, not jazz, I'm sorry, from the big apple, I got to do some nights in Skate City. I got to do some nights in Mr. P's. I was getting to do nights in all these different places. And we were like, damn, who is this guy? Mm-hmm. Who is this guy? And then by me knowing all the people at the radio station, and one of the other things was that when the new station, WPDQ, opened, the guy, Larry Brody, everybody thought that was my dad. <laughs> but the name, the, even though the two names were... My name was Bodie. His name was Brody. Mm-hmm. And once they finally seen him, they were like, okay, we know that's not your dad because he was white. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but you know, he was always cool with me too. He was a big influence. He helped me out with a lot of things and taught me a lot of things as far as radio because I told him eventually I was going to get into radio and he was like, get into it. Well, come on up here so I can show you how to do it now. Right. So he started getting me into it and showing me how to, and that, that like, boy, it just so... The one thing about it, if I could just show y'all how the stuff that they went through just to play music and do commercials, it was wild because they had real to real. So it wasn't no, I can put this on and edit it right here on the computer. It was no, it was like having a huge cassette deck. Right. And you're having a tape right there. So if you messed up, guess what? You had to cut that piece out and, and tape it together. And start all over again. Yeah, that's how they were. That's it how was they were crazy. Music too back then too. Yeah, that, 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 and they was doing a lot of that too. It was so crazy. I mean, but just to see it, and I was thankful enough to, to be in a situation to where I can learn this stuff from these guys. You know, like I say, a lot of you guys now, I try and tell them things, and they don't want to listen. Mm-hmm. The one of the main things I was always taught was when you playing music, pay attention to the people. Then it pay always pay attention to the people. If you don't pay attention to people, you won't have not who cares now because they nobody plays because they you get people in there now, you got nine DJs and everybody playing the same songs. So people they don't even care no more. It's just as long as they can play the hottest songs. Right. It's not the hottest songs, it's a song that you play to make them people remember you. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what it is. If you get up and play because you can play something that's on a CD that people love. They look, and you know, it got about three or four hits on it, but it's that song that's number 12 or 13 that people really like that nobody ever plays, that's the song you want to play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the only reason you know that is to study your music. Right. You always study. That was one of that, and that's what I say, when I was coming up there, I had to study. I mean, I'm studying stuff that I, I'm like, I ain't gonna never play this. I'm never, you got Barry White that got 7,000 albums almost, and you got to study every song on every album. Mm-hmm. You got the Ohio players. You got you got all these people with all these albums, and you studying every song, every song. So that way, if somebody come to you and say, "I need that song that says such and such and such," 
And you got to sit there and look. You be like, oh, okay, I know what that is. That's probably on print, Sign of the Time album. I know, I got you. And I always tell people, you sit up and you study your music because that's the difference in you making $150 a night and $1,500 a night. Right. So it depends on what you want to be. It, it, it separates yeah. the, the, the DJ whoever from the, the DJ Big Bodies or the Dr. Media, Bodies it, or the King it's a, Yeah. You're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I told it, you. And it does. It, it, and that's exactly, what, that's exactly what it is. So you're doing all so, of this. Because it, no, go mm-hmm. ahead. Go ahead. No, I, no, I, 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 I so at, when I when I got on with him and started doing that, uh, at, and then at about probably about two three years after that, that's when FM kicked in. Mm-hmm. And and the first black station here was uh, uh, it was called it was ninety five. It was ninety five. It was ninety five X. Okay. The one and it's a big eight now. Okay. Ninety five X was the first uh black FM station. Okay. And I was able to get on there and do some overnights. Okay. And I would do overnights. We didn't have mixed shows here until uh, hot, uh, it was Hot 101.5. Oh, okay. The one that's V101.5. Yeah. It was hot then, long time ago. Right. And when they, when they first started doing the mix. Oh, this is way before then. Okay. okay. This is way before then. That, that, was, that was nowhere in the play. Well, you got to remember, I was born in 84, so I mean. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, this was, uh, this, was nowhere, this, this was nowhere in the play then. Okay, okay. Nowhere. Okay, I'm fine. This was, this was, like I say, this was 95X. No, 95X was probably in 89, mm-hmm. 87, probably about 87. It, it was because they did the, uh, 95X did the Fresh Fest. I mean, the, not the, not the front, uh, yeah, the Fresh Festival. The Fresh Festival. When LL came, LL, Beastie Boys, uh, Houdini, uh, yeah, like Roxanne, Shantae. Yeah. This, that, that, that's when 95, because they did that concert. Because they, they did that concert. Okay. Um, and um, those, were the, those were the first ones. And after 95X, it died. I mean, after V101.5, I mean, Hot one, I'm sorry. After Hot 101.5, it died for a second. Mm-hmm. And it was just, uh, they went back to 95 and they changed it to WAPE and they would play like, just like the hits, the, the, the uh, Around the Way Girl and uh, Walk This Way. That was the only hip hop they was playing. Mm-hmm. And then they switched over again because nobody wanted to hear that. Mm-hmm. So that's when 92.7 came. Okay. okay. That's, when that, that's when that developed then. And that was a, that was a, that's when it got wild. <laughs> that, that, that first group that they had there, uh, that was a wild group. But at that time, hip hop was wild. Right. Because it was still, it was, at that time, that's when the money started generating. Mm-hmm. That's when, that's when, okay, well, we need you to, that's when the envelopes start flying out. <laughs> that's that's when you had that's when you had program directors driving different cars every six months. <laughs> Everybody was getting paid. I tell people, I tell people all the time. When I was on the radio, I would get home and it would see I would see like two or three boxes, and then uh, like two of the boxes were probably records. The other boxes were like a big box full of clothes, and then I opened the mailbox and I got two or three envelopes. A couple of them might have cash. A couple of them might have checks. Mm. A couple of them might have cash. A couple of them might have tickets. And you go, going down to Disney World, we got you. <laughs> we got your voucher for this. We got your voucher for that. 
you know, that was that was the time, and I'm very serious. That was one of the best times because everybody was making money. Right. Everybody. You know, if you and you was a mixed DJ, oh my God, you were mixed. But but then not that. If you were mixed and a club DJ, oh, boy, you are the king of the castle. <laughs> and and that and see during that time I was doing, we were still doing uh, Jack the Rapper. Mm-hmm. We were doing um, How Can I Be Down. We were, I was going to the, the bar and nightclub convention, uh, the Mix Your Power Summits. Man, we were everywhere. Right. <clears throat> and that's why I was like, I was one of the only street DJs. As a matter of fact, I was the only street DJ here that was on the radio. Right. The only one. And this was still, this was still before I even touched Cool Runners. Mm-hmm. You know, the only reason, the reason I knew them because the place where I was working at one time, um, Coco's, one of the best strip clubs that ever came to Jacksonville. And, and this is uh, one thing that people always say, at that time, the east side and the north side was not getting along. Well, this, that, that, this time, still, had to go for you, but at this time, <laughs> and it's still kind of, it is that, it's always, it's always tension there. Mm-hmm. But I credit the, the guys that brought me to Coco, and that was the east side club. Mm-hmm. Pappy, Pookie, and Isaiah. I don't care what I do, I always give love to them three guys from the East Side, always. Because they brought me in there, and they was like, I don't heard you play, play that shit just like you play it. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I would have my five or six crates of records and my turntables, and at that time, like I said, there was no two and three DJs, it was me. So I would go in there, and they would open up at five in the, at five in the evening, and ain't no telling when we were close. <laughs> but during that time, it wasn't no, it was play. And and people come in and be like, you ain't played, you, I haven't played the same song twice. Like, I'm listening to you. You ain't played the same song twice yet. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things that I would, because I remember what I play. And I didn't never want to play a song twice. Right. Never. I was never like that. I hate doing it now. And like, oh, it's a good song. It's a popular song. No, I don't give a damn. Should have been here when I played it. Mm-hmm. That was that was how I was. Right. But those three guys right there, were at a time where, like I said, everybody was beefing that time. We had no beef, and we had one of the greatest times. I mean, we had that was when Trina was still stripping. That's when Eve was still stripping. <laughs> That's when we seen so many. We seen so many female. I mean, it was so many porn stars and and models. They call them nowadays and people who are. Uh, actresses now that were stripping back in the day, they would come through there and we would just, we had a ball. We had, it was it was a great time. You know? Right. <laughs> but like I said, I was doing, I, 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 had, I thought at that time, boy, look, I, I couldn't be stopped. I could not be. I had, I was doing the clubs, I'm doing clubs seven days a week. Right. And I'm doing the radio. I'm, I'm gravy. Because like I said, there still wasn't that many of us around. You had the guys doing that thing, but as far as being like elite DJs in town, there weren't that many. There weren't a whole bu- uh, a whole lot of names. So I tell you, a lot of times there's not a one year in the last thirty years that I have not been out in some sort of fashion or whatever doing clubs. I've been DJing thirty years last month, straight. Yeah, straight. You know, and I tell them for at least fifteen or twenty of them, I was in a club probably five to six nights a week. And it wasn't the same club. 
if it wasn't. So, uh, I mean, I sit up and I, and I try and tell him, if you're going to do it, do it the right way. Right. But, I, I mean, but it's hard to do that now because everybody's a DJ. Right. And and that's one of the things that make it not interesting anymore. Right. Because you have too many people that's doing it for the wrong reason. Right. I got to keep you on path. I got to keep you on path, buddy, because I know you can talk. So we, you pretty much, from what you've described to me, there's a situation where you're pretty much on the radio. You're doing all the clubs. Mm-hmm. You're the only recognized mm-hmm. street DJ that's on the radio as well. Your, your influence is mm-hmm. massive. So now, from there, walk me to the meeting with the runnings and how that ends up coming about because it seems like you're on another level from where they are. So did they come looking for you or did you guys meet up? How does that end up happening? Well, I was um, working at Sharky's and we had, me and Doom had a, a crazy Tuesday night at Sharky's that was just unreal. And um, at that time, he was, well, he was on at 93, or uh, 92 then, and I was doing uh 105. But like I said, at that time, I was, um, I had that, I had Jasco, I had uh, like three other, two other clubs, I'm sorry. So I was, yeah, I had like two other clubs. And um, they came in Sharkies one night, and Garfield was like, look, man, we want to sit down and have a talk. And I was like, we'll talk about what's going on. But he was like, look, we got to get you on the team because we can't get a night started. Because I was doing at that time, I had Jasco on Wednesday, Jasco on Friday and Saturday, and 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 I knew. But when I first started at Jasco, the Wednesday night was a good night, mm-hmm. but that, but the Saturday night was dead. When I see it, probably the first Saturday I walked in there, they probably had about thirty to forty people, mm-hmm. and about a much time they had was they were doing about thirty five hundred people on a Saturday night. Uh, we stopped. We, I was doing Saturday, then we went to Friday night. The Friday was a slow, slow night. We got to Saturday, the Friday night and was probably putting 900 to 1,500 people on the Friday night. Right. So it was like, it was a revival of that club that kind of shocked the city, period. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was, it was so put to the point to where we were able to get cash money in that club. All of them. That was when all of them came. When when people were parking over in the Regency parking lot, running across the expressway to get in line to come and see the, you know, uh, that was. But going back to the meeting, Garfield came and said, "Man, we got to see them talk." And I was like, "Okay, Billy, that's Billy's older brother. Yeah, well, not the older brother, but his his older brother that worked with him in the clubs." But um, I was like, "Okay, we didn't talk that night. We talked another night." And he was like, man, you got too much. He said, you got too much going on. We got to get you on the team. We got to get you on the team. And I was like, well, what's the problem? Which it was never a problem because I have no problem with helping anybody. Mm-hmm. Never. And he was like, um, well, this is, he told me what they were trying to do. I was like, okay, let's do it. And, and that was pretty much it. It wasn't no, 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 like beef thing or no foolishness. It was just like, come on, let's do this. And we did it. You know, and that was, when that when we got together, people were like, "Oh shit, what is this?" <laughs> like wait, like wait a minute now, wait wait a minute, mm-hmm. and because that put it on a whole totally different level, right? Which now it it only not just put us 
put their name like here, well, me and them, we put it like out everywhere because now it's everywhere. Right. Because now all my reps that I'm talking to, I'm like, okay, well, this is what I'm doing now. Well, yeah, we heard on such and such or vice versa because all my reps at that time was like, boy, when I tell you, it was, I was, I was, I was lovely at that time. Mm-hmm. I mean, boy, it was just, it was just lovely because I'm fooling. I'm all that caked up. <laughs> you... What? <laughs> when I when I tell you, man, it was it, it was just something. I mean, even just even to, to the point to whereas, uh, like Memorial Day. See, Memorial Day was called uh, Arts and Fashion Weekend before. Okay. Before the Memorial Day in Miami, mm-hmm. and what that what it actually really was was that uh, people, a lot of people from New York would just go down to Miami just to get away. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. But a lot of the uh, basketball players and football players would throw parties mm-hmm. for the artists and stuff or whatever. So during that time, I mean, that was right when um, uh, Terror Squad was coming out. Uh, that's when Flip Mode Squad was. All, when all of them was just doing their thing, right? when everybody had their little clicks. Right. And I was just... Then, I'm yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And that's when I was fortunate enough... Uh, we had uh, Murder Inc. come through, mm-hmm. and they was in Jazzco one night, and they kind of they was like on a promo because they was just coming out, mm-hmm. and they came in and it didn't do so well or what have you, and they had a little incident to where they money was low or whatever, and I um, I like, well come on man just I, here you go get you a little some get you some gas whatever we gotta get some eat because they was trying to get to Orlando to get to their little pay gig or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, got themselves situated, got down there or whatever, and I never even thought about it. Never thought about it until about, I think it's probably about almost 10, 12 years ago now, when Ja Rule came back with Trick Daddy and all, and Jay-Z and all, was here to call us him, mm-hmm. and it was a little longer than that. It's been a little longer. Yeah, it's been about that. Been there. And He's he came to the club. Uh, the Def Jam tour? Well, is that what it was? I, I can't remember what it was, but I know Trick Daddy was on there. It was him. And I want to say Jay-Z. I, I, I can't remember the lineup, but I know he was on there with Trick Daddy. He was on and the- it was like six or seven groups, but it was in the Coliseum. Was Jay-Z there, too? I, w- I want to say he was there, too. Because if Jay-Z was there, too, then that was more than 12 years ago, because that's in my senior book. Uh, for okay, well, it was yeah. it was that it was that concert. It yeah. was that concert. Okay, and that was the weekend. That was because that weekend he gave he came up to me. I gave him a little envelope. I said, "Look, we're going down for Memorial Day." He said, "You going with us?" I'm like, "Well, shit, let's go." <laughs> I got down there and and and, and hooked up with Pointer from Terror Squad. And they was like, "Well, you you come to you come to Puerto Rico because you're going to mix your power something." Mm-hmm. You know that was doing during the times where everybody was trying to, the the uh, they were, everybody was aiming for a certain goal and they was getting there mm-hmm. <laughs> until they wanted to put all that foolishness in it. Right. And see, that's the thing about right now with the social. That's why social media is so stupid because they put this so-called beef and all this other bullshit that I don't even understand. With, because you you got people arguing that who are you? Mm-hmm. You know, you you you're, you're like nobody because you're known in your neighborhood. That don't mean anything, right? You know, and and and, and instead of using the social media thing to help you, you guys with this music, they're using it to go against each other, right? And and that's kind of that's that's kind of bad, right? But anyway, let me get back to the thing, Billy. 
<laughs> but uh, so we got together, whatever, started doing things, and by me being on the radio and and just being on the streets with them, it kind of created a, a huge snowball effect. Mm-hmm. And what happened was we started going to the cities and taking over. <laughs> I mean, literally taking over. It was like okay. <clears throat> Y'all go come in and and once my DJ finish, yo DJ, no, your DJ's not even playing tonight. So we'll get that established first. Because mm-hmm. it was times I walk in the club and somebody in the booth, oh, you got to get your ass out or I would throw them out. <laughs> you know, I was there was no, you, nobody's playing before us. Because mm-hmm. you're not, there's no in the world you're going to play after us. Mm-hmm. You know, I, and I didn't care who you was. I don't care. You guys DJ drama. You guys Biz Marky. You guys Clue. Any of these motherfuckers right? No, there you're not playing. <laughs> so it don't work. It, does, it just does not work like that, right? You know. But we go places and we just have a good time, and we ha- make everybody have a good time because the thing about it is, it's, it, it's a complete show. That's why they call it the greatest show on earth because it is. Right. I mean, that's exactly what it was. That's why when people. When other artists heard what we were doing or saw what we were doing, they wanted to attach themselves with us. You can ask 50 Cent now. That's the only club after he released his first album that he has ever performed in. Mm. Ever. Ever. People were paying six, $700 for one ticket to get in that place. <laughs> that's, that's unbelievable. I, had, I, I got so much ass before that show. I was on the radio. Oh my God! Oh, do you, I, I, don't think, I don't think you understand how much y'all, y'all went into the culture because I I I, I, I yeah. talked about some of this stuff with Thrill, and I'm gonna come and come to right. a question about him in a second. But it's so right. funny because I was even telling Thrill about what you guys meant to the culture because when you guys are at like your apex, right? Like this is the mid nineties. Right. I'm 10, 11, 12 years old. I think this is around the right. same time. You remember when my sister was dating your brother and she would bring home those, uh, she would bring home those tapes from the club that you right. would record all the time. By the way, Carla yep. told me to tell you hello because she knew I was doing this episode and she told me to tell you hello. <laughs> you know, she was like, she hasn't seen you in several years. She was like, but no, nah, tell him I said hey. You know, so, but. <laughs> yeah, but see, at that, at that, see, because what it was was that at that time, they only really knew the, the up north DJs. Mm-hmm. You know, those were the ones, and, you, and then Drama had that made this little name with all this and that. But then, they weren't as big as we were in the streets mm-hmm. because people people had not heard of DJ drama this and that or whatever. But when we got Jeezy, that's when Jeezy blew up. Mm-hmm. People knew Boots and Webby, but when we got them, they blew up. The same thing with Ti. Yeah, Ti had, had been around Ti had been around. Ti had been around for a minute, but when we got with Ti, Ti found a home right here. Everybody found their home right here, and that's. Excuse me, and that's one of the things that made 618 such a spot to whereas people would just want to come there, period, cartouche, just to be there. 618 is in cartouche for the people who don't know, right? Well, no, I say the Paradome for the ones who are older. Because I was, there, I, I, was doing it, I was doing it from the Paradome. Because that's what I'm saying, because when, yeah, when I, that, that was like one of the craziest things to see, you know, people want to come and hang out. And, you know, you know everybody know I'm a drinker. So, you know, I'm up in my VIP spot upstairs and people want to come drink with me. Drink of choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was it. 
you know, that's why they call me Hennessy P. James. Mm-hmm. You know, but Hennessy used to be one of my sponsors, so mm-hmm. that was always a good thing. Right. But um, at that time, I mean, we, people just wanted to be around. Everybody wanted to be around us because we weren't that, we weren't those superstars that, the superstar DJs that everybody else was. You know, the ones that come in, like like Kid Capri or whatever, they might want to play a set, and they and they doing all the old shit that you know they go do. The Frankie Beverly before I let go the cameo and they playing all that shit the Candy Girl and then they go and play a two or three of the new songs and then they gone. Mm-hmm. That's what people are getting sick of. That shit there is garbage. Nobody wants to do that. Mm-hmm. So we will come in and give you an entire show. We go drink with you. We go smoke with you. We go talk with you. We go fuck around with you. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's what draw people to us. That's what draw people to the city. You know because at that time even though people knew Jack how Jacksonville was Jacksonville had a bad a bad rap for for uh, for beating up certain artists. Then they tried to beat still up Shaquille do. O'Neal. Still do. So you know, I mean, you know, think about it. But that's how. It, but that's how you fuck up yourself. Because now, why is it that you you come here and get fucked up, but you got six to seventy other artists come here and they can walk down the street and don't nobody fuck with them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And and that's just how it is. When you come here, don't be don't be superstar. Right. You know, that that, that, that like trick. Trick tried that superstar shit. I'm about to ask you about that. And they, and they fucked him up. Yeah. You know, he just, he just, he just happy. You don't, you don't, don't, don't do that. Mm-hmm. You just come here, do your thing, have a good time, and that's it. Right. You know, because I remember that. You know, we had Trick once. He, that superstar shit, and they literally pulled him off stage, beat his ass, and I think the first song they played was Take It to the House, and they rolled, the crowd rolled off of it. <laughs> so it don't make a difference. You know, don't be bigger than who you are. Right. You know, that's one thing when I see them talk to a lot of artists, even because I talk to the, the ones who are trying to get in and the ones who've been in. But a lot of the ones I've been in, like, and, and this is one person like Patrick Troy. I love Patrick Troy to death. That's one of my favorite artists. Mm-hmm. When I when me and him sat and talking, he was like, well, man, they don't be feeling this. I was like, man, just trust me, keep doing your thing and watch what happens. Keep doing your thing. Right. But don't get an attitude behind it, because trust, trust me, it, times change. About probably about two or three, about two or three months after that, he came out with that Ryan B, and that shit was, and that was it. I, I told, I like, keep on doing your thing. Right. Keep on doing your thing. Like I, I don't say, I don't, like T Pain. I don't had T Pain in, in the radio station with me before, many a times. And he was like, well, you know, this nappy, nappy here's this and that. He man, just keep doing your thing. Trust me. Mm-hmm. Always, just keep on. It's go. It's go happen. Hundred percent. One one of my favorite one of my favorite people in the world, David Banner. When I first got with David Banner, that's when he was just uh, like a pimp. He was he was just dropping that. Right. And he he was I mean he wasn't even signed yet, and he was going around from city to city in a van with all his equipment. Uh. And I told him if he ever needed anything, when he came to say, I said, if you need something, I don't care where this boy, I can do my best to help you out. He called me a couple of days later, and I was like, somebody stole all the equipment out of his van. I, I was hot, when I say heartbroke, I was heartbroke because I knew what the man was trying to do. Right. He called me back four days after that, he had done got it, he got a deal. Mm-hmm. I almost cried, like that was one of my kids. <laughs> I was like, boy, I was like, because I mean, it's, it's, it's guys like that who get out there because see, these dudes now don't understand. These guys out here put they when I say they blood, sweat, and tears in it. They put it all. 
on the line. Yeah. Because when you out there on that road, you don't know what's going to happen. I done been on the road. I'm talking about we got probably $50 between all of us in the car. Mm-hmm. We get up and do a spot. The promoter done disappeared. The money done disappeared. We don't know how we get home. Mm-hmm. You know, this is this is what, when they say dedication, this is what dedication is. Dedication ain't attaching something to a, to a file or email and, and pushing sin. That's not dedication. Dedication ain't putting that shit on some Facebook or Snapchat, whatever that garbage is. That's not dedication. Dedication is getting your ass out there in that sun and that heat and, and on the road when it's raining, when it's cold as hell and you ain't got no money and you going to every club, you got to pay your way because nobody knows who you is. Mm-hmm. And you got to get in there and make your way to the DJ, talk to the DJ. DJ might be an asshole. Right. So you don't know how he go respond to you coming up to him. Right. You know, I tell you, you just don't understand. I, I remember one of the things, we, we go to TJ DJ's conference, and one of the things is always tell him that a lot of these guys, a lot of these DJs sit up here and they ass kiss. But I'm not kissing nobody. I don't give a fuck who you is. <laughs> and you have a lot of these guys, well, you have a lot of these guys that got good songs and you playing all these bullshit-ass songs from these motherfuckers just because they got a name. I don't care. They don't do that. Give these guys who got good music a chance. That was the thing was with Yo Gotti. Yo Gotti done had music for a long time. Mm-hmm. Long time. And I'm talking about, okay, you had, you had, uh, T.I. had them flopped out with a couple of albums. Gucci Man, nobody know what the fuck Gucci Man was doing because he had them just went crazy. And Jeezy was, he had them flop that. But you got Gotti right there with good ass music. Mm-hmm. Why y'all not playing this guy? And I'm sitting there asking him, why y'all not playing this guy? Mm-hmm. So they, when they finally gave him a chance, this shit blew up. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, y'all should have been playing him years ago. Years ago. And I'm telling you that because I told him, like, dog, we're going to get you. Trust me. We're going to get you. I said, just keep on going. Just keep on going. And that was another thing with Cool Runners because we had an outlet for them. Mm-hmm. See, nobody else wasn't playing them then. Right. Nobody wasn't fucking with Yo Gotti like that. You know what I'm saying? They wasn't fucking with you. Dudes wouldn't fuck. Shit. If it, were, it wouldn't be no prize if we went for us. Period. I completely agree with you on that one. There was there would be none. You know that. I mean, we took that joke and just made made him somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, he, but it, it wasn't like here. he would come here, do a show. You know, maybe do two, one or two more shows, and then be back the next month to come back here. Yeah, like, yeah. He, he was here like every exactly from two thousand and six to like two thousand and nine. And because that's, I mean, because now you got the guys on the street level, they got an outlet. Because I mean, I, I look at this kind of we took, we took people from the radio and put them on our radio. We put them on real nigga radio. We put them on those CDs. We put them on because people, just like you, it's people now that still got the tapes. It's people now that still have those cool running tapes. Mm-hmm. And like I said, that was one of the, that was a phase in my life. And all that, I mean, we still close and we still do stuff together. Um, we have a good time. Right. When we get on stage, it's, not, it's nothing that's scripted. Like a lot of people say, oh, I'm going to play this, I'm going to play that. I don't know what the hell I'm going to play when I go in the club. <laughs> I do not. I, I could not tell you. All I know is when I get in the club, my first stop is the fucking bar. <laughs> that that I mean, and that's literally how we go. We go get ourselves together, and once we get right, baby, all hell from the break loose in that joke. I tell you, what I, I, we had a night 
We was in Club Five, packed. When I say packed, packed house. You know, if you're in Jacksonville, you got that many niggas together. If something happened, you expect anything to break out. The lights went out mm-hmm. for probably about thirty minutes. Do my uh, what was that damn song? Do it big. <laughs> they start, I don't know where it came from, but the whole crowd started rapping "Do It Big" with the lights out. <laughs> when I tell you that, when I tell you that was a reality show, that was some shit that should have been on what is called that YouTube and all that. That's when you talk about going live. That's when you should have been live right there. That was one of the wildest times, but it was off the chain. And when the lights came back on, people went crazy. It was. I was like, man, that it was like because. Nobody wanted to fight in Cool Runners. Right. Nobody. Right. 100%. Everybody was there to have a good time. I agree with you 100, 100% on that. You guys are definitely legendary. Now, I got a, I got a long question that I got written here that I got to read the whole thing to give context, okay? Okay. Okay. All right. Now, um, I've told this story several times about how I meet you again because I originally meet you when I was, when I was probably like a little boy when I think I first met you. But, mm-hmm. you know... Uh, you know, I, and when I see you again as an adult, I had just got back from living in Tallahassee, and Bigger gave me your number because I got Bigger's number off the back of one of those real nigga radio mixtapes. Um, and uh, I, he called me. He called me back. We talked, and he tells me, you know, hey, talk to this guy Bodie. And I, I didn't even put it together that who you were and everything like that. And he, we link up, and you tell me to meet you at the Upstart Record Pool. So I'm outside waiting. You call me. You call me when you get there. And you walk me straight through the line to the stage, and you tell me to get out my folder because you knew I had, you know, we had already talked, so you knew I was an intern for Universal. So you told me to get out my folder uh, for the internship, and you go right to the stage, and you get behind the DJ booth, and we're in Cartouche, and you go, hey, now, we got a rep from Universal, and y'all niggas always talk about how y'all ain't got no opportunities here in Duval. Now, this man got a whole notebook that he needs to get filled out uh, with context. Get your ass up here and sign this book. Bodie, I've never gotten right. to personally thank you for that because that day <laughs> was the day when I got contact info- information for Shout Out Ivory, who I had known of, you know, for many years mm-hmm. being from Jacksonville, but didn't have a relationship. But So I get that contact and many other folks that helped me in my career. What made you choose to right. do that for a young guy like me who you barely knew? Because I don't think that you knew at that point, oh, that's Carla Jacobs's little brother. You know, let me try to help mm-hmm. him along. What? But first of all, thank you. And why did you choose to help me? I mean, you asked for it. I don't. I don't this is my thing, bro. This, this is this is my thing. Somebody helped me. That didn't have to help me. Mm-hmm. I help everybody who I can. I'm, I'm not. I was. My dad is a black business owner. Okay. So one thing he told me is, if a man asks you for help, help him the best of your ability. I've never been an asshole. I've never been a standoff kind of person. Like I told you, I don't care who you are. If it's something good you did, I'm going to tell you did something good. If it's something bad you did, I'm going to tell you you fucked up. I don't care who you are. Mm-hmm. Like you told me, I, don't, I, I don't fucked care. up when I got into it with Billy. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to tell you. I've told plenty of people that I'm fucked up. You know, and he's like, well, both of tell you the truth, so ask him. Mm-hmm. And I am. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you ask me for help, I'm going to help you. And like I said, I know, that's Ivory. I did one of Ivory's them first shows and almost got put in jail. 
Wait, what? When, he, actually, <laughs> when the Avenue was doing, when the Avenue first started out. <laughs> now, you got you to gotta ask, ask him. When the first show, when the first party they did was at the boathouse over there on UNF. Oh, okay. Party was off the meter. They started the boathouse I mean, and shut it down, but yeah. <laughs> uh, they were off the meter. And uh, I'm talking about ultimate. It had done got so wild. So it was like, okay, we got to go. But after the party, and 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 the, and the uh, police guy, we already knew he had problems. Mm-hmm. But on my van, on the van I had, somebody was moving some of this stuff. We were moving some of the stuff around, and they and, and this is how petty it was. Somebody put a two dollar bag of charcoal on the bus, on the um, on the uh, uh, on the back of the van to hold the door open. Mm-hmm. No, it, no, it was to hold something up on the side of the van, mm-hmm. and the guy said I was stealing it. I, and I'm looking at the guy like stealing charcoal. I'm like, dude, this is charcoal. You know how much this costs? Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, that's school property, and it's on your vehicle. I see, and I'm looking at, it, and I'm like. You see, we packing up this equipment, and as a matter of fact, it was holding up a poster board. As a matter of fact, that's what it was. It was a poster board for some event that was coming, mm-hmm. and we just put it there so we wouldn't, you know, crample it up on them. But um, the dude literally put handcuffs on me and put me in the back of the, the UNF car. Now, first of all, I said, "Are you a real police dog?" Because I'm gonna beat your ass out here <laughs> with these handcuffs on. I'm like, oh, but then at that time I was like, I don't want, I didn't want to get Avenue in no trouble, so they called somebody or whatever and they let me. I was like, I can't believe you. I'm like, this is charcoal. It's two dollars. Mm-hmm. So you telling me I don't have two dollars in my pocket to get charcoal? But um, but yeah, I mean, anybody who needs help, man, anybody. Like I say, you see how David Bannon was, T Pain was, Ja Rule. I done helped everybody who I can help because I know. If you're sincere about doing it, go do it. Right. But sometimes, and I don't care who you are, sometimes a man have pride and you don't want to You don't want to help, ask you for help. That's why I try to make me, myself accessible for everybody. So if you need whatever, just let me know what you need. Trust me. Right. You know, and I, and I tell you right now, God bless you, dear. Me and dear used to be in places. And they're like, boy, you just don't shut the fuck up, do you? I was like, man. They were like, they were like, well, I know you ain't scared. I'm like, dog, I'm not scared. You're scared of for what? Right. We all up in New York. I'm cussing motherfuckers out up in New York. I'm, I'm, I'm like, y'all just the stupidest. You just, y'all do the dumb way. Why do y'all do this? You know, matter, as a matter of fact, I'm a, this was, um, this was Fat Joe. When Fat Joe was trying to, uh, make music like he was from the South, I'm like, no, that's garbage. That's the worst shit I ever heard. <laughs> you know, and that's the thing, we got, I'm on conference calls and stuff like this. I remember one court DJ call, we had your boy Pleasure P on there. Mm-hmm. And that was where he did that stupid ass video with them red draws on. And they were talking, they were like, no, nah, we ain't gonna talk about that. I said, oh, nigga, we finna talk about this shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Who, why the fuck would you put on your sister draws and dance in the mirror and record that shit. Who the fuck does that? And they come up, we go over the door. We not overlooking this shit because nobody does that. Oh my god! You know, I mean, but at, and it, but at the same, but at the same time, we don't have people in there like Bruno Mars and them and them kind of. I ain't playing. I, I said, but y'all play Chris Brown bullshit that song. I said, this guy's gonna be somebody. This guy got good music. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it is, one thing about hip hop music nowadays is they alienate. 
and you should never alienate anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, because y'all play garbage music and act like it's all world, but when this guy came out, he had great music. You can't just play, because the thing about it is, the, the, one of the worst things now about this music is everybody want to be a thug or savage or whatever. Mm-hmm. No, you're not. You're not. That's not you. That's not. If that's not you, it's, it's not you. Right. So stop trying to make that you. You know that, that's not what it, that's not what it's about. Mm-hmm. And that's why I tell you all the time. Come on, you want to talk? Let's talk. You know, let's talk. If I'm out with somebody, I don't. I, it don't be, well, it, it, it been plenty of times me and little John done sat and talk. It done been plenty of times. And it been times too. He done passed out because he think he can drink more than I can. And now he know he can't. <laughs> so and I'm like, no, you know, it's like, and they were like, look, if you go see the talk, don't drink with him. Just talk to him. Don't drink with him. Right. And everybody said, don't drink with him. I don't say, I mean, I don't sit and talk with some of everybody, but it ain't just everybody with a name. It's people who want to have a name. And I sit and try and tell them, look, if this is what you really trying to do, do it. But understand, it's a price and a consequence that come with everything. Mm-hmm. So, don't put yourself in a situation till you're so far in a hole that you can't get out because it's not for everybody. Right. It can be, I mean, just like, just like the finest girl you don't ever see, God damn, I gotta have a God damn, I gotta have a, you ain't gonna be able to get it all the time. Right. So sometimes you can't get a dime. You might have to get you a seven and a half or a 6.5. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's, how, that's just how it is. Right. Is, is, so that's what they make dreaming. That's what they got daydreaming for. Right. You better close your eyes and act like it's a. <laughs> now, you, uh, you, know, you brought up uh, you brought up something recently when you say God bless the dead. I'd be remiss if um, mm-hmm. I didn't give an opportunity to speak on the recent passing of of Derek Washington from Upstart uh, yeah. Upstart Entertainment. Can you talk about Derek and what he meant to the city and what he meant to you personally? Well, like I tell you all the time, but he. he Excuse me, people always, like I say, people always get caught up in that name and people on that front row. Mm-hmm. See, Derek was one of those guys on that second and third row. Mm-hmm. Well, I put it away. I probably was on the second row. Derek was probably on that third or that fourth row because Derek had contacts. Derek contacts, when I was dealing with a lot of the street reps mm-hmm. and maybe some regional rep, Derek was dealing with the head rep, the head guys. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people didn't know that. But they didn't know that because they never took time out to find out who was who. Mm-hmm. A lot of people say, well, oh, Jacksonville ain't got that. Jacksonville. Oh, Jacksonville had it the whole time. Mm-hmm. Derek was the motherfucker the whole time before it was before anybody was doing anything. Mm-hmm. Derek knew everybody. Because, like I say, Jacksonville was an outlet from here to Atlanta, from here to Miami. Fuck Orlando and Tampa. Nobody gives a fuck about them. Mm-hmm. They just they just there. Mm-hmm. But Jacksonville had an outlet because now we have we're a military town, so you got people here from everywhere, mm-hmm. and we got we got a station here that's playing for all of them, right. and that's what they wanted. Right. So now when those reps see where where nowhere Jacksonville is, man, you got reps coming down and because there was getting envelopes too, they was getting them closed too. Mm-hmm. When he, I remember when he first got his when he first got his little um, when he I don't say when he first started doing it, but when he first started really getting into the record pool situation, it was a uh, he was in his storage, and we go it all the time. Yeah, but uh, 
But uh, sorry that. But uh, we would go over there and uh, go and get our records, and we just sit and talk and talk about what needs to be done here in town and who we're trying to get done and you know, push out. Because there was a lot of people who we was pushing, but they didn't even know we was pushing them. Mm-hmm. So it was like, I mean, you know, and they would get their stuff out there and then like, well, damn, this just happened all of a sudden. Nah, buddy, it wasn't all of a sudden. It was not all of a sudden. But then it seemed like people just got likes of and then they start. everybody wanted to run after Billy. And, and the thing about it was, Billy is not connected to any label. Mm-hmm. Billy is a DJ doing a, a, a mixtape series. Mm-hmm. So now when they didn't turn out how they wanted to turn out, they'd get mad at Billy. But he did what he was supposed to do. Right. So Derek was one of the ones, and I used to always tell people, when Derek has something, go to it. Go to it and talk to him. Just go, just, just go talk to him, trust me. Mm-hmm. Because then he can point you in the direction you should go or if somebody's looking for somebody and you had that sound. Because the one thing about it, what people don't understand is that it wasn't just the labels. You probably had, uh, well, I know he did, I ain't gonna say probably, he had like film companies calling him, uh, uh, production studios calling him, looking for music. Right. Because people always think it's all about a label. Hell no, nah. you can make thousands of dollars just having your songs playing in commercials. Mm-hmm. On TV shows, right. in movies, you got people making careers out of that. Yeah, I know Swords is getting a nice. But all these because he had he had a song that ended up on on uh, on a te- on a TV show, so he he got a nice little check mm-hmm. after that. Yeah, right. And but that was the thing that I was telling man. Like I said, many boy had to be in so many places, so many places. And he said, we would sit up and talk, and they were like, yeah, you, you talk to somebody, I'm like, yeah, I talk to him. Or you say, you know, sir, and you, it'd be to the point to where if I was avoiding somebody, I'd text him or vice versa and let him know where the person, people was. Because there's certain people who you just don't want to talk to. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I mean, it'd be like that. Mm-hmm. We had that guy, I mean, even when we go to TJD, they're like, look, there, you stand over there, and I'm going to stand over there. So they ain't got to rush all of us, both of us at the same time, because I'm not trying to go through that. Mm-hmm. So if I see them coming there with you, I can move around. Or I just, if they look at me, tell me to get to you, and I get it from you. Mm-hmm. You know, we always had a good first year. Plus, he with the, the range. So we always got our rivalry there regardless. <laughs> so that, that's go, cool, that's go. Cool. You know, the range, we walk, we walk range thing will always be there regardless. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I just look at that shit out of my brother for 20 plus years. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, it's, it's just always going to be there. I'm, I was hurt. I'm like, well, damn. You know, you know, and and people don't understand here, like, there's nobody can take their place. Right. Because the one thing in this industry, face recognition go a long fucking way. Mm-hmm. I mean, a long way. And, what, I mean, it, it's, it's something that just can't be replaced. Right. This guy can't be replaced. Because he's built a relationship with these people for years and years and years. And just to the point to where, because even if I go somewhere, like I said, if I'm out and Derek, will be like, oh, where Derek at? What's going on with Derek? Or vice versa. Because there's been times I don't call him when I was out, like even in Vegas, if I'm over there or something, and, and somebody looking for him, I'm like, shit, I, let me call him right quick. Derek, say so I want to talk to you, put him on the phone, and vice versa. He in Texas, he had South by Southwest or whatever, right. call me up, bro, so, 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 looking for you. A mic looking for you. What's going on? 
<laughs> it's like man, it's, it's, it's it, these are these are. I mean, man, like I say, this is this industry has grown to to me to like it's, it's not the close knit family that it, it should be. Right. And, and and this dude comes from a time to where when I say we was all cool, it seemed like everybody was cool. Everybody was cool. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, everybody got any little disagreements, but who cares? Right. Nobody cares about that, you know. So that's why I'm like, man, I don't. There, there is nobody that could replace Derek. Nobody here in this city. Nobody. Right. That one. That that at that part, that aspect of hip hop in Jacksonville is gone. It, it is gone. You know, I feel bad for his son because I grew up with them. You know, because he he always got on with him. Mm-hmm. And my heart goes out to the boy because I know Derek love them boys to death. And like I said, he was right there every time. Yeah, I remember times I we'll be out in the club. I'm like, damn, why ain't you bring the boys with you? <laughs> you, know, you should, they everywhere else. You should have brought them with you. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, always oh, just just like that. And just to see them grow up now, and I know they, they dad's not here. It just it just hurt me. Yeah, that's that's just it's, it's unfortunate. Um, I, I the last time I saw it, I was I talked about. It. I actually did like a quick podcast when I found out that he passed away. Just. You know, thanking him sure. for the stuff that he did for my life, and I, I say this: the last time I saw him was, was in February when I came back. Because at UNF now we're doing a, we're doing a UNF Black Alumni Weekend, um, so we're doing right. starting to do that every year now. And so I came back in town because I had just started doing the podcast, and I was trying to get cash, so I went over to Yamos. I pull up to Yamos uh-huh. looking for cash. Derek sitting outside, <laughs> and I hadn't seen Derek right. in several years. And me and Derek, the last time that we had done business together was when we did Pulse over off a of beach. Didn't work out. It ended up being a situation that ended up dissolving New Blood Entertainment, my original company, because because right. of how bad that was. Uh, right. I had to dissolve New Blood Entertainment, and we became Watts for the last two years that I was in the industry in that way. And so mm-hmm. we didn't necessarily end on the best of terms, but we weren't enemies or anything. And I, right. I had talked to him, and he was like, oh, what cash is here, yada, yada, yada. And right before I got in the car, I said, yo, Derek, um, you know I'm doing the podcast now. He was like, oh, I didn't know, man. And I was like, man, we need to sit down and we need to do an episode. He was like, yeah, man, give me a call. And I never got right. a chance to do it. So, Right. I tell you all the time, you just don't know. Mm-hmm. You just don't know. And that's why I tell people when you out or you doing something, and that's that's one of my main things when I do when I DJ, I DJ like it's my first time and my last time, mm-hmm. every time, you, you every time. Know. You never know. You never know. I've 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 been, I've, and I know there's other guys that have done it, but I've, I've been up there sick as hell. I mean, because uh, it's, it's hard for a DJ to take off. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've DJ. Three days after back surgery, I've DJed with a broke leg. I've DJed after I've been shot. I, I've done it, and I and then when I'm up there, I feel no pain. I feel nothing. Mm-hmm. My body's completely numb, and I'm gonna play like the first. I mean, I'm in Tampa. This is I was in Tampa when I broke my leg. I was in Tampa with it, and it was four DJs sitting behind me on the bench. The the, the owner. And then the owner called these four guys in, and it was really, literally waiting for me to fall out. <laughs> Sap, when we when we got in there, when we, on the way down there, it was me and Sap. And um, we were getting ready. Matter of fact, this is when BG 
first before he got in trouble again, we were doing a BG show. It was BG and um, it was I think it was Wayne. I want to say BG and Wayne, mm-hmm. and the place was packed. We got there, the line was ridiculous. Sap told me, nigga, don't take no medicine. Don't take no, he said, we're going to get your ass out of this car and set this equipment up. When I got in the club, a dude, it was called the Drake Boys. It was from um, Polk County. <laughs> I will never forget this. This dude said he seen me DJ in Lake City. At the, they used to have these little block parties on Sunday. He said, I seen you DJ at the block party. He said, bro. I need you to turn this motherfucker out. He said, what you need? Sap said, give him a cup of Hennessy and get him a Red Bull. That motherfucker went and got me a bottle of Hennessy. He went and got two bottles. He gave Sap one bottle and gave me one bottle. Mm-hmm. And said, you drink this shit. Because, see, a lot of people don't know. See, I started Red Bull and Hennessy. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know that. I started Red Bull and Hennessy like in the 90s. <laughs> no, it was, it, was, it was like 96, 97 mm-hmm. when Red Bull first came out and I was at the bar and nightclub convention. When it first came out, Hennessy was my sponsor and that's what I would, I would drink. Then I was drinking uh, Hennessy and lime juice mm-hmm. and that was it. But then when they gave me that Red Bull, I was like, damn, that's pretty good. I put them shits together and that was all she wrote. <laughs> that was all she wrote. Literally, I, st- I mean, I have references for this one. <laughs> Not like that, but um, but you know that's 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 always been my thing. I, 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 like I said, I just like to have a good time. Right. I like to have a good time. Now I gotta go you know, to I you. tell you all the time. No, no. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was gonna say I got. No, I was just saying. Go ahead. Hmm? Go ahead. No, I was gonna say that, that when 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 you when you on stage, a lot of people complain about if I'm in a club or they're in a club or whatever. Uh. And it's like, people on their phones, because this is one thing I hate. If you're on your phone and I'm DJing, something ain't right. Mm-hmm. Something ain't right. So I tell people when they get up there, and because they, they, a lot of guys tell me, man, I be in there and I be playing my ass off, and, and these motherfuckers, they sitting there on their phone. They playing your ass off. Mm-hmm. You, ain't, you ain't playing shit. A lot of times, more, they, they do it more talking than they just playing. See, a lot of times people do all that damn talking and covering up because they can't DJ, they can't mix. Mm-hmm. That's what that is. Mm-hmm. Unless you just got another person that just love to hear themselves talk. But a lot of times, niggas just love to hear themselves talk. Because you ain't talking about shit that people want to understand, that people want to hear. So that DJing, DJing is an art of entertainment. Right. So if you're going to entertain, you got to entertain the people, not your damn self. you go going to entertain yourself, go home and turn on the goddamn porn channel and, and do what you're going to do then. <laughs> <laughs> but when you out, you want you want people to come and have a good ass time. Right. People people don't have a good ass time no more because motherfuckers talking too fucking much. You don't hear you don't hear the music, and then the little niggas changes. They play three or four seconds of the song, and they 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 on a whole other song. Right. And the one thing I can't say about you that that people need to always appreciate is is that don't get it fucked up. Bodie can talk that talk, and he will when he needs to. He'll let the music speak for mm-hmm. itself. But there have been times like when we when I used to do those birthday parties for uh for D Money when I was managing D Money and you came out and you right. looked at the crowd you walked in because we had to break up all those sets because we had like fifty million DJs that were DJing that day for his birthday and so you right. come on and you was like 
Alright now <laughs> I done came here to rip this shit <laughs> like, And literally like you With your voice you would grab a crowd And then you would give them the music and that, That's what would be the right. centerpiece But if you thought that they weren't paying you attention You were going to get on that mic and you were going to talk that shit to them That's one thing that I can definitely say about right. you You had that skill set to be able to do both Because you have to Because you have some crowds that appreciate that You have some crowds that don't Mm-hmm. But then you have to have that medium also to where you can do both. Because see, a lot of times if you play, them, this is the one thing I, uh, <laughs> I put one DJ up uh, in Orlando because he talks a fucking lot. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I hate his fucking ass. But <laughs> when I start playing, I said I'm gonna show, I'm gonna show you something, and I'm gonna show you why you ain't shit. And and every song I played, the crowd knew it for word for word. So I never had to say shit. The crowd said everything for me. Right. So when I was done, I was like, shit, that's it, I'm finished. <laughs> because they done did everything for me. Right. If you do it, if you do it right, you don't have to say a damn thing. You know, you say a little shit about the bar or whatever, this and that. Because I'm always promoting the bar because I want everybody to come in there and get right. Mm-hmm. But if you playing the songs, your right songs in the right way, you ain't never got to say a damn thing because they going to say everything for you. Right. But no, people don't pay attention to that. They don't. They don't study that. Right. Because all you want to do is get up there and holler some stupid ass shit about your neighborhood. Fuck your neighborhood. You don't own shit in that neighborhood, <laughs> and you probably stand with a bitch in the neighborhood. <laughs> so the fuck the part about it is, I own the shit because I'm the one paying the goddamn bills for y'all to stay in that goddamn neighborhood. <laughs> so I don't care about that shit. Fuck about where you from. Who cares about that? <laughs> Fair enough, buddy. I don't care. I, I don't. I don't. I don't do because. I, and another thing is, I don't do all that. And I don't do a lot of time because I'm not going to say nobody's name. Mm-hmm. I don't know who in here is watching you. Right. So why would I say your name on the microphone and let motherfuckers know where you at? Right. I'm not going to do that. Right. That's my thing because I don't know what you got going on with somebody else. Right. Now, I got a but other motherfuckers other, do that just to get points. I got a couple of other questions for you before I let you go. Okay. I'm sorry. Now, okay. Duval County is experiencing a renaissance of sorts as far as artists getting high-profile looks. You've got Manny G and Young Cash with Nappy Boy, Tokyo Jets with Hustle Gang slash Grand Hustle, uh, Young Trap, or if you want to call him Trap Beckham now, uh, is with uh, is with Def Jam, and Belize is touring and working with bigger rankings. What are your feelings on some of, of these new, younger artists, um, You know how they're moving in the scene and the current music scene in Jacksonville in general? What, what's your perception on all of that kind of stuff? Just passing them by. Passing them by. What do you mean? I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't see them making a big impact like they should. Especially, I, I, I and think about cash is this. I want cash to push. I think I need. To, I want them to push harder. Mm-hmm. I want them to push. I want them to push harder. I don't want them sitting around waiting. Mm-hmm. It's time for them now. It's been time for them, but I just want them to push harder. I love the boy to death, and I and I know he got it in him. Mm-hmm. But I need. I want them to be on that scene more. Mm-hmm. Because like I say, it's a lot of when you're on that, it's more face value when you're on that scene. Mm-hmm. You got to be out there. Right. You got to. Be, you just got to be out there. Because I've seen like, <clears throat> and I don't really like this guy, <clears throat> but all of a sudden, you see how Troy Ave is all of a sudden getting play now, mm-hmm. and he just this just been about about two or three years now he's been getting play. This guy was coming with us for to TJ DJs back. In two thousand one, right? Probably before that, 
And he was, I, I, I think I pretty much got all his CDs that he's been, I mean, every one he was at. Yeah, I worked the record with my heart record myself because he, um, the people who got me on with Universal, they, um, out of New York, right. they were, they were working his records. So. The record, that's right. That's right. That's, that's right. So you see how long he's been around and he's just not getting recognition? Yeah, now he's in jail, I think. Because just he, now. Oh, he just got shot. Yeah, I know he's there for that. He, he doing something for that bullshit. I, I know that bullshit, but I'm just saying. And I and I hate to use him, but I'm just saying. You see how long that takes. Mm-hmm. It takes, and with all this so-called social media, and this is what I understand: is that you can have an overnight sensation when it comes to pop music. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to hip hop, there's no fucking such thing as an overnight sensation. Mm-hmm. You can have one of these little white boys come out one day. Next week, he got nine million views and. 13 million followers and all this shit here it doesn't happen in hip hop music mm-hmm. so the one thing about this hip hop music has to become they have to I think it has to be more organized than what it is mm-hmm. you got too many people going willy nilly now because it's too easy because mm-hmm. you have a lot of people that just want to get on to be fan favorites in their in their area mm-hmm. so if you're going to be a fan favorite in your area Hey, that's cool. But if you're trying to do something national, you got to step your game up. Right. Now, I, I mean, you got to, it's got to be. I know you're talking about cash when you say it's passing them by, but do you feel like that about Tokyo right. Jets and even Young and even young Trap? Do you yeah. feel that way about them? What about Belize? So now, yeah, but I, believe, I know Belize, Belize been doing it for a long time, too. Mm-hmm. He's been out for a minute. Yeah, when he was trapped. And, and he's, one of, he's, he's one of the guys. Who I really would have thought would have picked up, but you know, but, but the least thing is this: I think his his style of music, especially from before, before that that boy was just raw to me. Mm-hmm. When I say, but it seemed like his style of music just they don't go for that no more. Mm-hmm. For some reason, they don't go. For, I mean, it's just not happening. He's just he's the one thing I see about he's real bars heavy. Like I mean, like exactly. If you, if you he like goes rappers, he goes in. If you Rappers, rappers, then you gonna like. Yeah, and that's what I'm exactly. That's what I mean. His his style is just nobody want, nobody wants to hear that anymore for some reason. Mm-hmm. But that's what we grew up on. Mm-hmm. Well, as far as my generation and a couple of ones that's back behind me right. and people who really like music. Even my generation, know, because like I like I'm influenced by the stuff from 1994 to probably 99. Like, right. I'm pretty good about still being, keeping up with what's current and stuff like that. But I mean, like, right. you know, my preference, my preference period is Tupac to DMX, Jay-Z, Hard Knock Life Volume 2, like, like right in there. Right. Yeah. And see, and that's where he's at. And that's where he is. He's in that area to where you want to hear what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Because what he's saying is going to take you to where you want to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and that's exactly how it is. The one thing I see about Trap, Trap has a, uh, the thing that, that, what is it, the yin-yang syndrome, yin-yang syndrome, where you got to make that hit, that, that catchphrase, because that's what he's on now. Mm-hmm. So you got to have, you got to have them catchphrases, with them, and they, and they got to hit every time. Mm-hmm. Because, as of now, his last, what, three songs now, they've been, they got to be that catchphrase. Mm-hmm. So he got to keep coming up with him. If not, it's gonna be a problem. Cause when when Yin Yang had him, they was coming back to back, back to back, and, and they was rolling. But now, listen to the other, listen to the rest of the album when they trying to rap. Nobody don't want to hear that. Mm-hmm. 
and Trap, they want to hear. Can actually rap too, because I've I've listened to some of his. Uh, yeah, and, and I've heard I heard some of his stuff, but now that's not what they listen to. Mm-hmm. See, like I say, your first impression is your, your best impression. That's what they're gonna remember, mm-hmm. yeah. and that's what they're gonna remember. Right. Now, your thoughts on it's Tokyo? Like, it, it, I, I'm telling you right now, I haven't really heard, I've heard like two of Tokyo songs, mm-hmm. and I haven't really gotten into it. I haven't really studied her much. So I can't really say a lot about it, but the, that I heard one. The first one I heard was pretty okay. Okay. But the one thing about it is, when you're a female artist, and it's always been like this in, in hip hop music, there's going to only be two. There's always going to be two. Mm-hmm. Nobody else is going to come through. Mm-hmm. And it's been like that, mm-hmm. always. Mm-hmm. So if she's going to make an impact, it's going to be a. a, a uh, uh, it's gonna be something like Trina. Trina's around, but Trina's around. Trina became really, I ain't gonna say relevant. She blew up when everything kind of died down as far as the New York scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Because you guys, because because like when it was, she got a little bit, but then after that little thing went on with Foxy Brown and Lil Kim, that's when Trina blew up right then. Yeah, the late 90s. She blew up. When, yeah, when that, we right. watching videos on the box, oh, that, that yeah, exactly. That's yeah. when that and that, think about it, that's when that happened because you had Lil Kim and you had Foxy Brown, but then because think about it, after them two, there really wasn't anybody else. Yeah. And before them two, who was it? It was uh, it was uh, 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 Queen uh, Latifah, Queen Latifah, uh, and, uh, and and then what's uh, MC Light? MC Light, yeah. That's how it was before that. And right before you know? them, you and, Roxanne, Shantae, and probably nobody else. Yeah. And no, it was uh, 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 KRS' wife, Miss Melody. Okay. But see, that's what I'm saying. But it's always been two. The rest of them has been like regional, like uh, like Mia X, mm-hmm. regional, like Lady of Rage, mm-hmm. regional. They might have, they might get away with a little something. The girl that ran with Flip but Mode then, back in the day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like that. Mm-hmm. It's it's always that when they can get up a little bit in the area. But Trina was the one that was able to go through because of. First of all, what she was talking about, mm-hmm. because the rest of them are talking about being rough and all that shit there, and all this, what we can do there. But Trina was talking about that girl shit that girls wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. So, for Tokyo to get through, she's going to have to come through, because now it's going to be, well, you got all these other, because that one girl, what the little stripper girl name is now, oh God. She was here, I think she had read myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Cardi B, Cardi, Cardi, is that her name? What's her name? Cardi B. Oh yeah, Cardi B. Okay. Cardi, yeah. Cardi, yeah, I think she's retarded because she sounds so horrible. She's the worst rapper I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> that is the worst. That is the worst shit I've ever heard. So when people say she sounds good, I think they're retarded too. How the fuck she get this out? I just do not know. Social media, man. Because media. I, one day I see you shaking your ass, pulling your clothes off. The next day you a rapper, right. huh? I mean, there's a lot of women. I don't, there's, I don't, a lot of, there's a lot of female rappers that at one point, you know, gave a take. No, and I understand that. Yeah. But there's a lot of female strippers, there a lot of rappers that was strippers that was retarded, because it ain't hard of them, ain't many of them. Because I think the girl was a retard. <laughs> That's just me personally. So, and they was like, I would never play any of her shit. Right. Never. There are certain people that I just would never play, because the shit sounds stupid to me. Right. Now, no, I, but, I want to run some names by you, Bodie, and I want you to tell me some right. thoughts. That's not a first word that comes to mind, but just kind of what you think about this person when when you hear their name, okay? Right. DJ well, hold on, I want to say one thing first. Hold on, hold on. Before you, before you do 
the one uh, well, this is what I want to do too. I, by Tokyo, mm-hmm. she has the she has the she has this. I think she has a good sound, mm-hmm. but I'm, I want to have to study her a little bit more. But they're gonna have to do more with her mm-hmm. on a grand scale because Ti is not on a grand scale anymore. He's he's a name because of his work on TV. Mm-hmm. So he has to come back out in a big way and bring her with him. Mm-hmm. That's how, because she's associated with them. That's who she's with. So if he goes back out and hit gets something big, she got to be right in his hip pocket riding it, and she'll be good because then she has the avenue to be heard. Mm-hmm. So, but that's why that's why I want to say about that. Okay. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. First, some names that come to well, tell me what you think of some names that come to mind. DJ Shane because he never gets enough love. But that's my little brother, man. So you know, Shane. Shane told me one day he told me one time that kind of stuck with me. Always. He was like, "I DJ the pool party he was at." And he was like, "When he seen me DJing, that's what made him want to be a DJ." That's like one of my biggest compliments that anybody can give me. Mm-hmm. Okay, Ivory Orr. Ivory so. <laughs> will go hard for whatever. Uh, he's been going hard for years, and I want him to keep on doing it. But I just want them to. I, I want. I kind of want them to go ahead and do their own thing. I want them to do their own thing completely. What do you mean? What I really want. I, and I want them to go. If I want them to just uh, make it happen. See, it's it's okay. It's okay being in spots. I want them to build them a club. I want them to build them a club mm-hmm. because I know he has a vision of his own space. Mm-hmm. I want him to build him a club and make it happen. Mm-hmm. Cause I know he, I know he got. It. I ain't, I ain't seen Aaron in a couple of years now, and it's, and it's because it, you know because of how everybody work, and, and I usually try and get by and see him, and, but it's, it just hasn't been possible. But that's what I want. I want Aaron to get his own place. I want him to build his place from the ground up because he has that vision mm-hmm. and make it happen. I've always said this about Ivory. I think Ivory. I think Ivory is a brilliant mind. I mean, now at the age I'm at now, I can say that I always looked up to Ivory and I wanted, in a lot of ways, I wanted to be him, which is why I always was trying to compete with him. We talked about this. He did an episode, several episodes back, and we talked about kind of our relationship because it's always had kind of been rocky as far as how I felt like he viewed me and, and all that kind of stuff because, you know, I was always trying to compete. You you know how I was. I was very aggressive when right. it came to that competition shit. And, you know, right. so I, but he was definitely somebody I always looked up to. And I've also said this about Ivory, too. Ivory, in my opinion, is the greatest rapper to come out of Duval in the last 15 years, bar none, better than everybody else. But he just don't no, know. No, I would, I would never say that. I, that's I would I never feel. say that. That's how I feel. <laughs> no, you know what I'm going to tell you that? Okay. So, have you heard of Swords? Yes, I've heard Swords, and I love Swords. Man, Swords, there's think, no I way. I think I better than Swords. I do. I what? Do. I, well, this is what we're going to do. <laughs> we will put money on that side by side. I guarantee you. And, and it ain't even Swords. There's about 10 more people I can put out there. <laughs> but I, I know, but he's good now. He does his thing. Right. See, you ain't even heard me rap before. God damn, I, I go in. <laughs> I said the last 15 years. <laughs> I said the last 25. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, nah, he, does, he does his thing. He does his thing. He does his thing. And because he, he come from Reebok. Mm-hmm. So that's why we raise the best. <laughs> we, don't, we don't play. Reebok, Reebok, Reebok put out the best DJs, the best promoters, the best models, the best everything <laughs> in this scene in Jacksonville. I can't really argue that. Now, Levi Jordan. Yeah, so... 
<laughs> I need my money, Levi. <laughs> a lot of people don't know who Levi is, which I knew you knew yeah, Levi, so that's why I, that's why I brought up Levi. Give him yeah, a Levi, Levi, he, 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 he's, he's a cool guy. Levi has done, he did, Levi has done a lot, a lot. I put it this way, and this is a, one of the, one of the craziest stories. When Levi first brought Biggie here, they had me and Biggie standing side by side talking about we was twins. And it, I, I really wish I had one of those pictures. It was me, him, Kim was there. I mean, we took about a thousand pictures that day. Mm-hmm. Everybody from that point, everybody, Biggie, 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 they would call me that. Man, I was that. We had a good time. I, I mean, me and Levi we always had a good time together. A great relationship. You know, he's done like I said, so so many shows, so many shows, not just here but abroad. Mm-hmm. So you know, there's nothing. Nobody, you can't take nothing from Levi. Because we went for Levi, we wouldn't have a lot of stuff. I now that's the, I haven't seen Levi uh, in a hot minute, but I know he's done. He's doing the Cat Williams tour that was just here in town this past weekend. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I, I don't have a chance to get away like that because I'm always occupied with someone. You know, it's, when you're a DJ and, and and that's your that's your thing. Mm-hmm. It's hard to get away to do other stuff. But I tell you all the time, I've never been to a comedy show. Really? I've only DJed the other parties. I can't because I can't. Think about it. If they come on a Friday or Saturday night, I'm working. If they come on a regular night, I'm doing the after party. You never take so the time that's, off that's, to that's, just like go out on a date? No, you, how you go, how you go take time out? How you go take time out? You can't take time off. Okay. If it's you, it's supposed to be you because you are the face. Mm-hmm. People coming to see you. Right. You know, I tell you all the time, I've been in Universal Studios probably a thousand times. But never rode one ride. I've seen one attraction. I've always been working. Mm. That's crazy. You know, you get to go everywhere, but you don't get to see. You don't get all the benefits. I've been to Australia, never to the site. I've been at the Shell working, mm. or at the uh, what they call it, the, the 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 it's a custom field. It's a field where they do all these big raves and uh, festivals. That right. I've been at the field a, a thousand times, but I'm going from the airport to the hotel. To, to the field. That's where I'm going at. I've been a lot of places in and out of the country, but it's been to work. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. So, man. but yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but Levi's cool, man. It's always a good time. We always have fun yeah. because they already know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna get drunk and I'm gonna go crazy. <laughs> Thrill the player. <laughs> like I said, that's that's hundred years in the making. That's my homeboy. Like I said, when I first when I, when I first heard, it, I was like, this boy he is awesome. He's like, man, I, I can't say I'm responsible, but I know I helped him out along the way. And so, and we've always, like I said, when we were doing our thing and going out and doing tours and stuff, and we end up crossing paths with them, it's always been a good time. Even when I see him now, it's always a good time. And I hadn't seen him in a couple of years now. And I know he's still trying to do his thing. And what I try to tell people all the time is that if this man is, you got to give your music a chance. That's the one thing about DJing. I don't care how old they are. If the music is good, play the music. Because I tell them all the time right now, if Biggie was to come back or Tupac was to come back, y'all niggas will break y'all neck to play that shit. <laughs> you will break your neck. You know, that's my one thing. Don't 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 put these people down because you don't know you didn't know who they were from then. But right. if the music is good now, play it now. Right. You know? 
You can still play their old music if you listen to their old music and find out what song will go into your set, but that's the one thing about it. These DJs now don't take time out to learn music. Right. I agree. You know, learn the music. Right. If you learn the music, you'll be like, okay, well, maybe I can play this, maybe I can play this hotel or whatever, a kitty kitty or something like that. You you might you want to play Space Jam. Who knows? Right. You got thousands of songs that you can always play in something. One final you know, so that way it ain't all about... Oh, sorry, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I, 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 no, no, really, no, no. You, I want you to finish that point, and then I got one final name for No, me. because I would say, it, it's, it's a lot of times when people get in clubs, <clears throat> they want to be in such a rush to play all the newest, hottest shit. Mm-hmm. They don't know what it... This, this is, and this is the one thing, too. This is what... what I can tell you, this is what make Cool Runnings a complete... Just a complete show. Because when you come in, you hearing shit that you want to hear. Mm-hmm. I mean, you might hear uh, uh, like Space Age Pimping. You might hear some uh, 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 what's the name? E-40. Mm-hmm. You might hear some DOS effects. You might hear some Boogie Down Productions. But then still you go hear some JT Money. You know, you might hear some of the old stuff from uh, 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 what my boy name is? Uh, uh, my boy Drama from mm-hmm. up in Augusta. Mm-hmm. You go hear some music that you hadn't heard before that used to be a, that used to be a jam back then. Mm-hmm. Because people remember those songs, but they forgot about them because DJs don't play them no more mm-hmm. because they're scared to play that music. Just because their friends don't want to hear it, just because that one girl who you're trying to fuck don't want to hear that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it ain't about that. It's about a build up. Because when you come in. When you're going to get on that roller coaster, you don't start off at the top. Mm-hmm. You First of all, you got to stand your ass in line. Mm-hmm. So when you stand in line waiting, guess what? It was motherfuckers that would be outside of that club. <laughs> and, and this is one of the craziest things I've ever seen. When you have your VIP line longer than your regular line. And people never understand all that because when they hear that music that we're playing inside, that's what they've been waiting to hear. Mm-hmm. You got these dudes that come in clubs and play the same song they've been hearing on the radio all damn day. Oh, nobody want to hear that same shit over and over again in the club just because you're playing the explicit version. <laughs> That's why when, when people, when Van come out with music, when, when Scarface and them come out with music, I put that, you play that shit. Mm-hmm. Play it. Because everybody in this club don't vibe with them little boys. Because a lot of them little boys, I don't understand that shit because it don't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. But I know what does because I understand what these guys saying. Because these guys are telling you something. Right. So that that brings a different aspect to your crowd. Right. Like I said, when Van dropped this little song, play it. Play it. Play it. And then you be the one that get them used to it. Because every song in a club song, but if they hear it in the club, they'll be like, hey, you can make me a CD there or, or send me that or whatever. And they go ahead, and then now they're playing it at the house or they're playing in the car, it's getting plays. They want, that's what they want. They want people to hear their music. Right. So, yeah. all right, I'm bad, you know, because that, that's one thing I don't like when a lot of these young cats, these little media player cats, they just want to play the, the little, what about the Yachi and the, the, all these little boys? I mean, the, the black gangster, youngster, whatever his name is. <laughs> Nobody want to hear that shit all the time. That shit'll make you crazy. So, all right, I'm back. One final um, 
one final person. And this is somebody that I think you might have a good bit to talk about because I know your relationship goes way back. DJ Dr. Doom. Well, yeah, that's my brother, man. So, like I said, when we, when we first met, it was it was like a, like we was friends the whole time. But when we first met at the show, I know what he was trying to do here. And it wasn't... When you when you DJ in Jacksonville, you got to do it a, a different way. Well, you had to do it a different way then because, uh, like I said, it's a huge military town, so you knew you had a bunch of people. But we got in and we started working and we're working together and working together and got together. And as a matter of fact, because when uh, G. Weez and Tiffany asked me to be on the radio, I told him to give a job to Tracy. Mm-hmm. But Doom, well, I told him to give to Doom because I knew he what he was trying to do at the time and then I'm going to take it because we was working over there with a dude called, a dude named Chuck Payne on 105. Mm-hmm. And we was doing we were doing great over there, but uh, the station wasn't doing so hot. So instead of going instead of just you know trying to dump the water out on the second ship, let's go and move over. So when they was trying to get me on the air because I got I had still had the name, I was like, no, nah, look good, I'll get my partner doing because he needs somewhere to go. So let him do that, and then we can still do our thing. So and 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 that's how that developed. Because my thing was, even though I love the radio, I love being on the streets more. Mm-hmm. You know, because on radio, you got to, it's kind of like you got to wear your, your business outfit all the time. Mm-hmm. You got to be on this behavior and that behavior. And you can't be doing this, you can't be doing that. And I'm doing all that shit you tell me I can't do. <laughs> I'm doing it all. <laughs> you know, I'm doing everything you tell me I can't do, I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. And there are certain things that they don't want you going this place, but I'm going there. You know, there's no way I can't go there. You know? But I want to keep myself to, so I can be open for everybody. And you know that was the time when it was, it was before Clear Channel. I can't remember the uh, state the company before Clear Channel, but they had like a tight grip on them. Mm-hmm. I want to say it's Ron. I want to say Rondo. I want to say it was them or whatever. But then Clear Channel came about. Mm-hmm. You know, and they they have these these rules and regulations. And I'm not a rules and regulation type of person. Mm-hmm. At that time, I was not. And at that time, I just I wanted to deal with certain people that they weren't dealing with. And I want to be able to deal with everybody, mm-hmm. you know, because I had a lot of friends. Like I said, with street was with record reps, and a lot of a lot of them, the record reps wouldn't mess with them. So I'm like, well, shit, I've been on the reps before I knew y'all. So why would I stop messing with these guys? Right. You know, but like I say, with Doom got it, he got it and did his thing. And he, I mean, and that was it. He come in, and, he, and that's what he did. What he was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like a. It was. It was. It was like a. We gonna get in here. We gonna make this thing happen. And every time we got somewhere, we made it happen. It's been nice and close. The people were like, "But well, God damn, y'all just ain't gonna never stop." And we never stopped. We just never stopped. You know, I, I mess with them a lot of times. Like you, you too commercial now. You can't be that rate. You can't let radio take you over. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta always be out there, get out there, and you know, rough it up a little bit. Right. You know, but that that that's we can do that. You're supposed to do that because I do all my friends like that. <laughs> Especially the ones on the radio. It's, it's guys on the radio. I've been a thousand years. I've been knowing them forever. But I tell them, hey, man, get your ass off that radio and go out there in the streets. Go out there and get your car back sometime. <laughs> you, always, you always, no matter what, you always got to go back out there and get your car back. Yeah. Don't never think you're too big for them streets because them the ones, because you got to think about them the ones, even because they kids listen to you on the radio, when them kids grow up, they're going to be right in the club listening to somebody else, and they're going to stop listening to that. Right. 
you always want to get back out there and, and, and like I said, just get your car back and, and, and let them know, hey, I can still fuck this up if I need to. Right. Just like they know, if I come on that radio, I'm going to fuck it up just like I need to. <laughs> you always want to tell them, is it? You, huh? No, go ahead. You always want to let them know you can do both. Right. Always, because you always want to be able to do both. You know, I sit up and, like, when we were on conference call, record DJs, and I said, look, man, a lot of you guys, you have to understand, you understand what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So people would know, okay, when I hear his name, I know that's where I want to be at. Right. Not when I hear his name, fuck, we ain't going there because that nigga be fucking up. Mm-hmm. And, I've, and I've heard that about a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, when Mumba comes and says, hey, man, and, and that's why I, a lot, that's why I don't like going to a lot of clubs because when I walk in clubs, a lot of DJs get nervous. And a lot of people tell me, man, will you go get up there and play? Man, I'm just coming to hang out. Mm-hmm. I just want to come and hang out. And you've done that. I've, I've seen many a time, like, when I was managing D-Money, you used to just kind of randomly yeah. pop up on me, him, and Yeah, I just want to pop up and just hang out and listen because, you know, if you fucking don't say, man, you can tighten up on certain shit, and that's what I do. Mm-hmm. Look, if you need to tighten up on certain just just do it. Because my thing is this. I've had a long career. I've had a long time in this place and doing this. And I want... And it's, it's kind of hard for people to do it now because the level of saturation that is going on. Right. But what you have to do is put yourself in a situation to where you rise above that. And it's going to be hard. It's going to be real hard because, like I said, motherfuckers can DJ on their phone now. So it's hard to do that. But it's always a niche that you can see or that you can get into that somebody hasn't done or thought of. And once you grab it, guess what? That makes you the next big thing. That, that that's exactly what it is, and that's what you want to be. You can become the next big thing, like DJ Khaled. DJ Khaled can't DJ worth a shit oh at all. Oh my god! But he found out his niche. He found out his damn niche. Damn it, Bodie! Huh? I said, damn it, Bodie! <laughs> oh shit! I'm just saying, but he can't. Who cares? You know he can't DJ. That's why he do all that damn honor. <laughs> but but guess what? But you know what? He found his niche out right here sitting in Regency when he was working in that damn uh, clothing store. Mm-hmm. He found out exactly what he needed to do. His mom and dad's. Yeah, he found ex- he found out exactly what he needed to do. Right. A lot of people don't know don't know that his parents ran Zioni. Yeah, but see, but see, the thing about it is, and how he did that, listen to Cool Running CDs, because all his connections was up north. Mm-hmm. So now, when you have connections like that, you use them to your advantage. And that's what he did. Use his connection to his advantage. One final question for you, Bodie. Um, yeah. If this, uh, if this whole thing all, uh, all ended today, what would you want the legacy of Big Bodie to be? How, how would you want people to remember you? Having a good time. Because if I'm having a good time, everybody having a good time. And that's it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm not a... But you you know, I'm not a superstar person. I ain't got to stand on stage with every guy that buys on stage. I've never been like that. I'm not the one that got to be with the artist running around. When I'm DJing, I want everybody to have a good time. Mm-hmm. I tell you all the time, if I ain't seeing no asses shaking or titties wiggling, don't even pay me. <laughs> don't pay me at all. If I can't see, if I, if, 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 if I, if I, if them motherfuckers don't, Ain't trying to take their clothes off. Don't pay me. <laughs> I want everybody in this motherfucker tonight to forget about everything that doesn't happen bad and enjoy themselves. 
like I said, because this might be our first time and it's go damn sure it might be my last. So we're going to have a good time while it's going on. Right. And and that's what that's what the club is. A party. I don't give a fuck how much you whatever costs. I don't care how much you have to cost. You finna sweat that shit out. Right. We finna have a good ass time and that's what's gonna happen. And that's what I want. They're like, boy, come in this motherfucker, we finna have a good time. Let's have a good. We finna have a good time. There you have it, man. Both of you. It ain't because it ain't. It, it, ain't, it ain't about that standing around the side and looking at this person and looking at that person and you and your boys over here jumping up and down together. The girls over here grinding on each other. <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> Who the fuck does that? Oh my Me God. and my partner's coming to bed. If I'm DJing, we finna attack these motherfuckers over here. <laughs> it's about to happen. So, but yeah, that's it. I just want everybody to have. I just, I just want everybody to have a good time, man. That, 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 that's how they remember me having a good time. That's perfectly fine with me. There you go. Now, Bodie, if people want to get in contact with you, you're not really social media like that. So, how can people get in contact with you if they want to book you? I mean, whatever. Hold on. I, that, uh, oh, you can hit me on Facebook. My Facebook is is uh, William R. Bodie. B O D I E. William R. Bodie. B O D I E. No, B O D I E. Because people say all damn time. And um, my, um, this Instagram thing, because, you know, I got to have them all. Mm-hmm. I, I be sometimes, I be trying to check my damn MySpace. See, that shit gonna come up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Bodie, just stop that shit. Cut that out. <laughs> you no, know, because, you know, because you know what? When, I, when, when, when MySpace, well, first of all, when MySpace came up, I'm like, dog, this gonna be a problem. It's gonna be a problem because even, and I'm, I'm gonna tell you a secret. When that, when that, uh, so Ronald first came out, we was at the conference, and I promise you, I told him, this is gonna be the worst thing ever happened to DJM. Mm-hmm. I told him, oh, you just did. I said, no, I'm telling you. And you can ask Tony Neal, you can ask Doom, you can ask everybody. I said, dog, I wasn't, this is gonna be the worst thing that happened. Oh, it's gonna be a little cut down. We ain't got to carry this and carry that. See, but everybody's gonna do it. And look, everybody is doing it. Mm-hmm. I told him that was gonna be the worst thing ever, and this shit damn sure is worst thing. But anyway, my uh, what is this uh, is this Instagram? My Instagram is oh, it's big underscore Bodie, B I G underscore B O D I E. Okay. I didn't even know that shit there, so I had to look at them over. But those two right there. Cause all that other shit like that Snapchat and I don't even fuck around with all that shit then. And y'all can't have my LinkedIn because that's that's what that's what my corp and my corporate page there. <laughs> so so all that other shit y'all can hit me on Facebook and hit me on that. Uh, I, I I don't even know my Twitter. I, I got a Twitter account, but I, I ain't looked at that Twitter account since we first. Uh, I, I think about six years. Buddy, I ain't fuck that damn Twitter. Buddy, you might need you might need some help. We'll, 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 we'll talk about getting you an intern or something. But but Bodie, I want to thank you for your, for your time on the podcast, man. It's it's really been a lot yeah. to me. For those of you trying to get in contact with me, you can hit me up on the email est nineteen eighty four podcast at gmail dot com. You can also hit up the Instagram of the same name est nineteen eighty four podcast. You can also hit me up on my personal Instagram at 
Brandon Kobe Jacobs. You've been listening to the legendary, legendary DJ Big Bodie. And no man, legend, I ain't no legend. You are I ain't no legend. legend. I ain't no, no legend. Man. You are. You are. I ain't no legend. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've been listening to uh, DJ Big Bodie. I'm Brandon Kobe Jacobs, and you've been listening to the Established 1984 Podcast. Take care.